0: Good morning. It is a very special edition of Glenn Clark Radio. It is our annual college basketball preview edition of the program. I'm Glenn. Ryan Chella is here today and also our friend, college sports guru, Mr. Discourse himself, Patrick Stevens, in studio with us this morning. It's good to see you, sir. It's that uh, time of year again. It is. We're going to be doing this regularly. Um... Not this, specifically. We'll do this
1: once. This is too early for me.
0: Yeah, and then maybe again in lacrosse season, we'll do it again. So, uh, scheduled to be joined this morning by all of the area's college basketball coaches. Well, not all of the area's college basketball coaches, um, but uh, a lot of the area's college basketball coaches. Ryan, if you don't want to mind, start fading that out for me. I appreciate it. Uh, Coming up in just a couple of minutes, Tavares Hardy, who apparently was stuck in traffic uh, this morning, But I get it. He's going to join us uh, from Loyola. Also, Jim Ferry from UMBC will check in with us. We'll have a visit with Pat Scarry from Towson, as well as Kevin Brodus from Morgan State, and also uh, Dan Engelstad from Mount St. Mary's. And we'll see. Maybe another coach or two will be popping up throughout the course of the morning. Give me, Patrick, your headlines for this year's preview show, the biggest storylines for the area college basketball team.
1: Well, I, I think one team that I don't know how much we'll get into them, but Coppin State has a new coach in Larry Stewart, uh, a guy that was a star at Coppin State in the late 80s and early I, 90s. By the way,
0: uh, they were practicing this morning. I believe Larry Stewart's going to join the, me tomorrow on Glenn Clark Radio.
1: So so I think that's, uh, that's certainly one thing that stands out. Uh, you look at a team like it. We'll go to the Patriot League for a moment. You look at a team like Navy, lost a lot from last year, but it's in a league where there's five new coaches and there's a lot of flux and what have you. Uh, and so uh, it'll be curious to see exactly what Ed DeCellis is able to get out out of a, out of a group where you know they've got Austin Inge and Austin Benini back. There's there's a lot of question marks on that team. Uh, staying in the Patriot League with Loyola, uh, a team that. Has a little bit of a head start thanks to that, you know, overseas trip back in back in August and uh, Dion Perry um, back for another year, uh, and, and I think that when you look at Loyola, like the pieces are there for them to be able to make a push into the top half of the Patriot League. Towson, a lot of question marks, uh, but they do still have Charles Thompson. I think it's a manageable situation in the CAA. I don't know if they're going to be quite good enough uh to punch through with an NCAA tournament berth, uh, but there's still been enough reloading there and maybe certainly some questions in place uh, as to how high they can go in the CAA, uh, but certainly should be a solid team at Towson this year. UMBC just is, it, it's almost a complete makeover there. Yeah. Looking for a lot of, uh, a, it's a, there's going to be a lot of positionless basketball, I suspect, with the Retrievers this season. Not a lot back from a team that I think won 18 games last year. And then Mount St. Mary's year two in the Metro Atlantic, uh, you know, I thought they played better in the second half of league play last year. Uh, And there's still enough pieces there. You know, there's not a Jalen Benjamin anymore, but there's enough pieces there that I think that, that they have a chance to maybe nose themselves up into about the middle of that Mac pack, maybe even into the top half of the league. So that's what we're going to be
0: getting into this morning is all those various area teams and looking ahead to the start of their seasons. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Patrick, while we have a minute here, Um, just because today is the college basketball preview, obviously a huge story in college basketball this week is the passing of Bobby Knight, and a very complicated figure to say the least. Significantly impactful on the sport in many, many positive ways. A lot of negatives as well as we have our first guest joining us in studio. Coach, why don't you come over? And you know what? I'll actually let him uh, chime in on this because... I know he spent some time in the Big Ten, uh, is joining us here in studio. First on the hot seat this morning here on the College Basketball Preview Show is the tallest by far. <laughs> we had uh, – we had, this is not a joke, Patrick. When we set up the cameras yesterday, we said, well, we will have one issue. <laughs> one particular coach that's coming in significantly taller than the others. That is, of course, Loyola Coach Tavares Hardy, who is in studio with us this morning. Coach, it's great to see you. Thanks for
1: stopping
2: by. No, thanks for having me. Uh, you would think by now is used to Baltimore traffic, but still, still not there yet. Chicago isn't great, right? No, Chicago, DC, Atlanta—none of my four spots have been great. Uh, <laughs> Coach,
0: we were we were just about to lead into a conversation about Bobby Knight, and you, of course, played in the Big Ten, yep. and I'm I'm assuming you went up against Bobby yep. Knight during your time playing at Northwestern. Um, your reflections—what it was like going up against him as an opponent, and the impact that he had on the sport.
2: I mean, it's obviously um Coach Knight was a legend. Um, I grew up in the Midwest and so uh, knew all about Big Ten basketball and he was the godfather. Um he was the one that um really made the Big Ten a basketball powerhouse with the with those eighties Indiana team. Um, you know, was recruited by Indiana. Uh didn't talk to him much though. Uh he didn't talk much to recruits, he made the decisions but uh was talking to Mike Davis a lot at the time, um, and was considering them, as well as a couple other Big Ten schools before I made my decision. And um, I'll say, my freshman year, we played against them uh, the very first time, and um, close game. I think we end up losing in overtime at home, uh, and our our students started a chant, "Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy?" And he took offense to it. Uh, he thought they were I'm they were, stunned. Yeah, he thought he thought they were talking about one of his kids. Mm-hmm. And so at at the end of the game, he and Kevin O'Neill uh our head coach, who was a little bit nutty as well, uh get into a scuffle. Uh, my freshman year first time going against Indiana. Man, you got the whole experience. Yeah, yeah. And so Dane Fife and I, we're sitting there, we're talking cuz we knew each other from high school and uh <laughs> We're sitting there, you know, talking after the game. We look up and we see our coaches scuffling at the scores table. Um, but Coach Knight, he's a legend. Got a chance to coach uh, play against him my first two years um, before, uh, before he, he moved on from Indiana. But he's awesome, awesome, awesome man. Uh, everybody I know that went there um, and played for him really appreciates what he did for him.
0: Before we get to your team, can I ask: is there a, is there a coach over the years that you would have been most likely to have gotten into a scuffle with? Is there anybody that like, you know, man, we might have ended up chatting after the game a little bit.
2: No, no, um, you know, I, I I love the league, uh, I love the coaches that uh that get a chance to coach against, and like you said, I got a size advantage on most of them, so you know, I, I don't want to intimidate anybody, I don't I don't want to have that perception of me, but no, it's, it's um. You know, sometimes you get in a heated moment uh, conversation, but uh, it's very rare. All right, let's get into your
0: team. Why don't we do that? We'll get into the Greyhounds, and um, I'll start. Patrick informed me before the show. It's not quite as much front court depth as I thought. I thought you had both Illich's back for this season, but still, Fowry, DK, and one of the Illich's. I would think that that starts where your strength is. That there's pretty good. You got to feel pretty good about your front court.
2: Yeah, I mean those guys are experienced, um, legit size. I was telling the the, the team uh, we go down to play Florida next week. Um, you know, at the, in the back court we're small, uh, smaller than them, but in the front court we're similar size, uh, different type players. But uh, those guys got to be uh, what, what I what I call a, a dominant front court. Uh, still working towards it. Uh, still working towards getting their confidence up uh, in that role. Uh, Milos just coming back off of basically a year and a half of, of being off. Uh, so getting him back, back confident. Um, the the opportunity to play the two of the three together at all times. We we ended the season playing Golden and Alonzo together a lot. And so I don't want to give up on that just because Milos is back. I think. There could be a three-man rotation there. Um, I was about to say, are you going to play one of them three? Like, are you are going to have <laughs> all three of them on the floor together? If we put our zone in, which we haven't <laughs> yet, uh, <laughs> it's, it's possible.
1: <laughs> Dion Perry obviously had a very good freshman year, came on stronger towards the end, I think, kind of the way that you, you would hope to see him play, kind of taking things, taking more and more ownership. What have you seen from him in the offseason, in your, in your foreign tour, uh, and, and what's next for him as he heads into his sophomore? Yeah,
2: Dion is a tremendous talent. Um, sometimes people see his size and well, they, they, they understand he's talented, but they think he's limited. He, and To me, I think he's still just scratching the surface um, in terms of his understanding of the game, in terms of his ability to uh, lead the team and be a, an extension of the coach on the floor. Um, that's the stuff I'm talking to him a lot about because I think he, he can – be a high score a high assist guy but also be a, a cerebral point guard that can run a team and um, that's what we're working for he's still a sophomore still a long way to go but a tremendous talent he cares he wants to win he works on his game and uh, the guys like playing with him so just want to make sure that we can we keep pushing him to to be better he's not you know he's not even close to how good he can be. Loyal coach
0: Tavares Hardy in studio with us on our college basketball preview show. I think I told you this, but my father came out and watched a game with me last year, mm-hmm. and the first time he saw Dion, he said, that's Muggsy. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, that's 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 a lofty, you know, right. that's pretty far up there. But I understand the thought process and the comparison. Uh, Dion, of course, is a local kid from Mount Carmel. You added another local kid um, this year in a transfer in D'Angelo Stein's uh, from Mount Saint Joe, who came in from Old Dominion, where I, he didn't play a ton, yeah. but I noticed he got some good run in the exhibition game and had a nice night. Is that perhaps a sign of maybe there being a larger role for D'Angelo with you guys this
3: season?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that was a, a big part of his attraction uh, to come to Loyola. Is you know we were trying to get him out of high school, and um, you know he saw an opportunity to come in and make an impact, have a bigger basketball role, uh, and for us, he's a great basketball fit. Um, D'Angelo can do a lot of different things he can shoot he can dribble he can pass he can play make uh, he can defend and uh it's been fun adding him he he played really well over in Spain he's played well in both our closed door scrimmage and our exhibition um, and again he's getting better he's still learning uh, he's learning the system learning the way we do things and uh it's exciting for him because we we ask him to do a lot uh old Dominion is, is a little bit more of a role role player um deal for him and you know, we're asking him to be one of our playmaking guys.
1: I know last year when you brought in Tyson Commander, came in a little later than most of the freshmen. He right. was probably a little behind just for obvious reasons and then saw, you know, kind of an uptick towards the end. Certainly seemed like more a more settled player. And watching the exhibition game the other night, he looked like a guy that wasn't out there thinking about too right. much he was just playing is that a kind of a fair assessment and yeah. how much of a jump has he made here over the last 12 months or so yeah I
2: mean he he too was tremendous in Spain um and, and doing some things differently than than he was asked to do in the past like you know Tyson can really score the ball he can get to the basket he's uh, probably our best at getting to the rim but he's also a capable shooter and what a, similar to him and the rest of the guys, like I just want them all to see the game mm-hmm. uh, and use the total package of the game. Um, that's what our offense allows. That's what our system <laughs> requires. Mm-hmm. And I told him yesterday, I, th- I think if I was a player, that's what I would want, um, not to be put in a bubble. And so when I think about Tyson and all of his tools, you know, I want him to attack the growth in all of those things. Um, and you guys just asked about three Baltimore Catholic League, MIAA um you know, first team guys. Uh, you know, that's what we have, and uh, if they do what they're supposed to do, uh, that trio could really, uh, you know, combine with our, our our front line and then a couple of a uh, couple of senior guards. That 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 group mm-hmm. can really be successful for us.
0: Is it fair to say that it's not likely to be that one individual wing or guard is sort of carrying the load scoring wise, but instead, like as you point out, those three guys maybe yeah. you know can make somebody else steps in, and, and on a given night, it's kind of their night? It's
2: yeah, that's what that's what we're working towards. Um, and we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> uh, so if anybody in the preseason is watching this, Florida, if you're watching, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we haven't gotten there yet. Um, but that's what I'm trying to get these guys to see and understand. Um, no one – I mean, you could be super aggressive. That's fine. Um, but we could be aggressive for each other. Uh, across the board, not just our guards, our bigs, um, you know, be aggressive to score but be willing to kick. Our guards be aggressive to score, be willing to pass it in, pass to each other. Um, This could be a a, a high-volume scoring team if if they embrace that, Um, and everybody will will be a part of that. We don't have um, many limited guys. And so that's a fun part, but it's also a challenge because everyone – Everyone feels like it's their moment, <laughs> uh, and so getting them to understand that when it really is and when it needs to be, you helping somebody else—that's that's that's basketball.
1: You had a few staff changes this year, but one that certainly stood out was hiring Mike Brennan, uh, the former American coach, played at Princeton, so has experience with that system. Coached at Georgetown, like you did, not at the same time, I don't believe. Yeah. Uh, how much of an impact has he made, and and you know just knowing his kind of south jersey sense of yeah. humor how much is that sort of uh impacted things as well
2: yeah no mike is he's he's awesome um you know really really excited to have him with us it's, i was trying to f- remember if when, when he asked about any coaches i've ever wanted to fight if we had any moments <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when he was a head coach at american but um no he's he's awesome um you know he provides uh for me uh, a, a level of okay, he's done this, uh, he's been in this chair, um, and we have some similar background, um, but, but we don't think about things exactly the same. Um, and, and that's, well, I love it. I uh, love hear, to hear his opinion. Ultimately, I have to make the decision if, if, if I'm a rock with it or not, but a lot of times I do uh, because I know what he's been through. I know um, the type of person he is, and I know how, how he thinks about the game and thinks about the guys, and so um, he's been a tremendous impact on, on, on me already and our guys already, and, um, you know, again, I, I tell him every other day, like, you're the only one that that beat Colgate last year, <laughs> and then the second game, the second game was really close. And so, um, you know, obviously, I, 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 as they were divvying up the scouts, I said, "Mike got that one." <laughs> um, but now he, he's awesome, and the, the whole staff. I'm, I'm really excited about this year's staff. They've been they've been tremendous for us, and um, you know, I think, you know, it it it, it helps me sleep at night um, knowing that I got uh you know this type of experience uh, with Mike, Matt Miller, Sean Cobb is entering his second year with us, and Ricky Hernandez, our new director of ops, was an assistant coach at Hopkins. So they've been through it, they've seen it, and uh, they're, really, um, they're really helping our guys get better. You mentioned Colgate.
0: Tavares Hardy in studio with us this morning from Loyola. As he mentioned, the season opens up Monday night at Florida and then the home opener the following Wednesday against Binghamton. Colgate's kind of had this stranglehold, right? Yep. And, like, how, how do you break through? How do you take, you know, a couple years ago, you guys were really close, yeah. right? How do you, What what's the difference for this team to take that next step and get back towards the top of the Patriot League?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you get the job and um, we really, we really hit the ground running from a recruiting standpoint. Um, I think we got, we, we had a top 60 recruiting class, which was not uh, common in the Patriot League at the time. Um, you know, we felt pretty good about how we were progressing. The, the guys I inherited uh, turned out to be pretty good, the Andrew Costecas of the world, the Kavan scotts mm-hmm. and, and so we were building the right way. Um, you know, obviously things happened, but uh, this team is different from that one. Um, and so we, we split with Colgate those first two years, and they still won the league. Um, they kind of stretched out on us a little bit over the last few years, and excuse me to catch them. Um, y- y- you can't be worried about them all the time. You gotta you gotta build the best program you can build. And for me, the next step for us is get out of that that jumbled pack at the end of the year, where we're coming into the last game last week and. We're watching everybody else's scores. They're watching our scores. And literally, I think there was a four- or five-way tie, but Mm -hmm. everybody else was within a game or two for the up-or-down seed. And you just got to get out of that jumble. You got to get to a point where you're in the top three um with the bullet, <laughs> as they used to say in the old days. Um, you know, you're not worried about the last week of the season. You solidified that you're going to get home games going into the conference tournament. Uh, maybe not all home games, but at least you're getting a couple. And uh, then you give yourself a chance to win. And uh, I think that's what that's what it's going to take to catch a team like Colgate is give yourself a, a chance down the stretch of the season um, not to have to win four road games to beat them.
1: I think it's a three-man freshman class for you guys this season. Uh, would you mind kind of diving into those guys? I know Jordan Stampke played a bit yep. in the exhibition game the other night, and I know Troy Cicero and Matt Gray. Uh, you know, Our yeah. guys probably further down the road.
2: Yeah, definitely uh, our most athletic uh, freshman class by far um, at, at the three different positions. Uh, and they are three very different guys. Uh, right now uh, Matt and Troy are out, um, a little banged up. But uh, Jordan is—he's the best athlete of the three. Um, you know, learning—he's a local kid from Baltimore County. Um, went went to prep school last year. Uh, just just learning the game, the way that uh, it has to be played at the collegiate level. Um, and, and once he does, I tell him, and, and I mean this, because that was sort of the knock on Andrew kosteka coming out of high school, was just sort of his understanding of the game. And he averaged 20 points for us in two, two, his last two years, led to Patriot League in scoring. Um, Seemed I think, to understand the game. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, Jordan has a lot, of, a lot of similar skill sets, mm-hmm. right? Um, Troy and Matt, uh, Troy is a lead guard. Um, he's actually from my hometown. I've always wanted to recruit a kid from my hometown, but it, it had to be the right kid. He um, was good enough from a basketball standpoint, but he's a phenomenal young man. Um, he was on a scooter the whole Spain trip uh b- because he hurt his, himself and uh was a true warrior on that trip. The, our host, um, after it was over said, Troy Cicero is my M V P of any team I've ever coached or or, or <laughs> taken on one of these uh tours. Um uh, but, but he can play. Uh he he can he can make plays and like I said, his athleticism really uh is gonna allow him to to defend and add a different dimension to us. And then Matt Gray Long, um he's he's close to coming back. Um, he has a versatile skill set so um, I think he'll be able to really help us. We, he's like a, a Swiss Army knife. We can play in a lot of different spots. All right. So now th-
0: I've never asked you this. Are you a Bears fan, coach?
2: <laughs> that is a great question, and there's so many layers to this to this answer. <laughs> yes, oh, man. I am a diehard Bears fan. How, y- how you doing? Do you need a hug? Well, that's the thing. And my wife and I made this agreement about a a few different things. Like when I left Northwestern to go to Georgetown, Northwestern's mama mater, so I could still watch them because I yell at the TV, but you don't work there anymore. So she's like, Northwestern's fine. But when I left Georgetown to go to Georgia Tech, she said, Northwestern only. You can't yell at the TV about about Georgetown. Okay. And so it's the same thing with the Bears. If they stink, I don't watch.
0: <laughs> so because, when was the yeah, last time nice that you watched yeah it's, it's
2: been a while lovey and uh, uh lovey smith i think we had uh, Ryan Urlacher. And, yeah. yeah right no no we had devin hester that's the last time <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute
0: it's been a minute that is a tough existence as a i was actually hoping that you were going to tell me that you agreed that you were going to become a fan of the next city and then i was like what not the, not washington
2: I yeah yeah, yeah no so i am allowed to root for the uh, the team of the city I live. Okay. in. And that's a all part, right. of, but only if they're good too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say a little bit, a little bit better in this stop than yep, yep. some of the places that you. Oh have been. no, the Falcons went to the Super Bowl that's, when we were down there. Yeah, they it was lost. all it was all
0: good, right up until they got a right. twenty-eight to three advantage. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, the season gets underway on Monday night on the road down at Florida, and then two weeks from last night, the first home game against Binghamton for the Greyhounds. Coach, it's always good to see you, sir. Thank you for coming in and spending time with us this morning. And uh, hopefully we actually got you on the screen. Hopefully the camera worked out. And then when Pat comes in, we'll have to, you know, right, adjust it. Right, right. I us was like, trying
2: to slouch a little bit, to be honest. I was thinking about Pat. <laughs>
0: Great to see you, Coach. Thank you for All spending right. the time with us. Thank you, guys. We will grab a break. We'll come back in and uh, we'll talk a little bit more. Next up is going to be Jim Ferry from UNBC as we continue along the college basketball preview show.
4: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors: Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Eneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball Programs around the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressboxOnline.com.
0: Visit Harford County, gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on events. to see the full list of parades
5: and so much more in maryland you're welcome gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience but there are risks involved if you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer know your limit stay within it set a budget and a time to stop remember gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org.
6: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today.
7: There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on where you choose to go out and spend your hard earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of Specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The CostasIn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410 477 1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders.
6: Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown, or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels.
9: Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you Go ahead and keep
0: listening to GCR. All right, we continue along here on the College Basketball Preview Show. A reminder that today's show is brought to you by Superbook. Use the code glennclark 23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or with the Superbook app. You'll receive a same-day first-bet match up to $250, win or lose. Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Patrick Stevens in studio with us. I guess, Patrick, give me your thumbnail on Loyola right, uh, real quick.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's pieces there. And, you know, we talked about having some options in the front court with with DK and, and Milos Silich and Alonzo Foray. That's a pretty good Patriot League front line. I, I don't know if it's it's probably not as good as Colgate's, for example, but it's still pretty darn good. Uh, you have Deion Perry, Tyson Commander, uh, D'Angelo Steins. I think that's going to be the foundation of a really solid Patriot League backcourt, and I think. Tavares Hardy nailed it on the head can they escape that scrum of you know four to nine or whatever last year it was a four-way tie for sixth and a team that was a game ahead that was in fifth place Mm -hmm. at the end of the season uh and so I think and it might have even been just one more game for the teams that were third and fourth so it wasn't like it, it that's a lot but you pick up one more home win, one more road win along the way, and suddenly you've elevated. You're hosting your, a quarterfinal. Su- suddenly, right. su- you, you might you might even be you might even be getting a a a, a, a semifinal home game at that point. I, I think Colgate and Lehigh are going to be the two best teams in the Patriot League this year, but I also think beyond that, <laughs> it's wide open. I mean, I feel like American has some older guys, and they should be pretty solid, but. I, I don't see I don't see a major impediment there to being able to crack the top half of the league, potentially get a home game in the tournament, get a bye, don't have to play on that first day, all those things. So I think it's an important year too. I mean, is it's year six. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think for, for sure for Loyola, uh this is a this is a, a year that's probably gonna go a long way in determining uh, you know, kind of the direction of things moving forward, and I, I think there's a lot there, and I think Tavares Hardy has done a pretty good job, even if the results haven't necessarily been there. He certainly uh, attracted a lot of talent, gotten a little unlucky with the pandemic, got a little unlucky that Santi Aldama didn't stick around, got a little unlucky that cam Spencer left that some of that's just life in yep. college basketball in twenty twenty three and you have to deal with it., uh, but I do think that they are are positioned uh to i think have their best season since he's taken over
0: i want to go through a couple of national uh headlines if we could before the season you and i I, i'm going to save maryland you and i'll be talking about maryland obviously on tuesday as they Mm -hmm. get ready to play mount st mary's so we can save that but national headlines and i know kansas is number one but if i could it's it's almost hilarious to me when i look up and i see two big 10 teams in the top five of the national poll because it's almost a running joke at this point like that what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. The big 10 always disappoints at the end of the year. Is there any chance that a Michigan state or Purdue could change that this season?
1: I think, uh, I think first of all, if we look at the, at the wide angle lens, like Purdue is one of the five best teams in the country. They were one of the five best teams in the country last year. They just happened to play poorly uh, and ran into a fairly Dickinson team that was that played well, but Purdue did not play well. Let's not let's not let them off the hook for that. Uh, and they have not played well in those single postseason games, whether it was against North Texas or St. Peter's or, or whoever. Uh, but I do think you can fairly say you can. I think you can separate the two and say that this Purdue program, especially with Zach Eadie, is one of the five best teams in the country right now and there's a pretty good chance that we're going to be sitting here talking about them as a one or a two seed by the time March rolls around based on what they've accomplished and based on what they've accomplished before they got into Big Ten play. Um, Michigan State's a team that has probably you know left people wanting a little bit more at times during the regular season. Last year they were a sweet 16 team they've got a lot of guys back I think there's probably uh, a little extra element of optimism there that they're going to be a top five team i'm not sure i'd go that far but i do think they're going to be the second best team in the big 10 what does that mean so it's your point
0: they're almost the anti-big 10 team right yeah like they're they're the team that disappoints during the year but you well, can I actually count I, on during I, yeah i was
1: i was actually going to argue michigan was that okay all too. right but, but michigan i don't think michigan's going to be very good but that was what michigan was two years ago right you know it's sort of the you know the, the thought of To me, the interesting thing of of the hubbub around Hunter Dickinson in the offseason and where is he going to go and this, that, and the other. And it's like, this is a dude whose team went like 38 and 31 the last two years. And I get it. If you're a big guy, you don't have quite as much impact. We saw it with Purdue, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's a limit to how much you can do. But it's not like that was somebody that elevated a team to greatness because of that. And so, you know, and, and that's sort of the, the ED question, too. Like, how much can he do if he's not starting, starting off with the ball in his hands? Uh, so, listen, I'm extremely skeptical of, of pretty much the entire league, but I will give Michigan State this much credit. You know, you look at them and you say, they probably have the best guard tandem in the league. And when you looked last year, that was what was missing all over the league, except at Northwestern. Like Northwestern was the one team that you knew had two good guards. I think Michigan State had a couple has a guy has a couple guys, it's Huggard and uh, Walker. Um, I think they'll be better this year. They were kind of a, a tandem last year, where usually one of them played well, mm-hmm. and if both played well, great. But you're, you couldn't necessarily count on them both playing well. I think they'll both play well a lot more this season. Uh, but wh- who else in the league has that? I don't know. Is it is it fair to say that it is completely
0: open after those two? I think two so. Games? I think so. Okay. I
1: mean, like I think that you could um you could frankly, I think Maryland's the third best team in the league. Wow. You know, I think Jameer Young, again, mm-hmm. a guard, mm-hmm. like that that makes a difference. Um I, I get kind of jaded by trusting what my eyeballs tell me. And I've seen Illinois come into College Park and play poorly so often over the years. It's hard to it's yeah, hard, right? you know. Right. But in aggregate on paper, they they got Terrence Shannon. Like, they should be a top four or five team in the Big Ten. Wisconsin has a bunch back, but that wasn't a very impressive team last year. Is simply having a bunch back going to be enough to elevate them from being an NIT team to a Big Ten contender? I don't think so, but they could certainly be fourth or fifth or something like that and it wouldn't be a huge surprise and then you start getting into the indianas of the world which people i think are maybe more bullish on than they should be and then other teams that you know you look at iowa year in and year out like it's it's almost the same season every year hmm. like they score they can't they don't play defense and they wind up sixth or seventh plus or minus a spot or so in the Big Ten, so I don't see a reason why Big why Iowa, which I think people are looking at as maybe a tenth or eleventh place team, isn't going to be contending for an NCAA tournament berth because that's what they always do. Now they won't last very long when they get there, <laughs> right. but but neither will anybody else in the Big Ten. But, so. But, so you know, and, and we can run through a few like Ohio State had that nice run at the end of the right. season. You know, is that a prelude or was that just sort of a, a, last gasp of that particular roster? They did keep some younger players. So they have a little bit of continuity. Uh, but I, I, I look, you know, all these teams that we mentioned, Northwestern still has Boo Billy and, you know, Rutgers, you know, is going to defend and be an absolutely miserable team to have to deal with at their place. Um, and then you could even start getting into a handful of teams like like a Nebraska should be better like right like shouldn't we be seeing a little proof of concept there? Hmm. I thought I thought hmm. we saw a little bit more of it last year, um, so you have all that. But I I I don't see I don't see a lot of teams that are poised to be able to go make deep runs in March. And the interesting thing, and I have a working theory that one of the things that works against that particular league right now is you're playing 20 league games, you're crisscrossing time zones a ton during the regular season, and that's about to get a lot worse. Yeah, it's about to get insane. Okay, with with the four West Coast teams coming in. So I, I think that has something to do with it. And, and frankly, uh, the style of play has something to do with it too because at the end of the day, you know everybody loves to talk about how defense wins championships, but you have to score to win.
0: So you already brought up – there's two names that you brought up there that are interesting to to folks around here, and I'll follow up on both of them. You brought up Hunter Dickinson. Kansas is number one. You and I had talked during the Hunter Dickinson sweepstakes about is Hunter Dickinson the right piece for a team that's trying to win a national championship? Now, they have other pieces. They have a lot of pieces, right? Like, like
1: I think that if you're – I think you can justify being a little more excited when you already have all these other pieces to work with. So – uh, you have a good pedigree, all that stuff. You've also got a crazy league, right? Like that—that that league was already the best league, top to bottom, and they just added Houston. You know, and and Cincinnati's not going to be too bad, and you know BYU is usually good to win twenty games or so. So. You know, I don't know how much Central Florida is going to help this year, yeah, but, right. they, but they, they've been they've been feisty. We remember the Taco
0: Fall teams yeah, a few I mean, years ago,
1: right? They've had some good teams, so uh, you know it'll be interesting to see if if this is a Kansas team that is able to get through with the same sort of record that Kansas is accustomed to getting through. Not that they have been able to get through unblemished through the Big Twelve over the last few years or anything, but. You know, there's a difference, I think, uh, between going 13-5 and five and 11-7 and seven or something like that. All right.
0: He is Patrick Stevens. He is in the studio with us for this year's College Basketball Preview Show. And next on the hot seat this morning, we head to Zoom to welcome in the head coach, the UMBC Retrievers. He is Coach Jim Ferry, and he is with us this morning. Coach, it's Glenn and Patrick. It's always good to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. All right. We will see if we can't get that fixed and figure out what's going on there. It's Jim Ferry, uh, UMBC basketball coach, is up next. Oh, Coach, you got me? You got us? I do. I do. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How's everybody doing? All right? Everything is good, Coach. It's good to hear from you. Um, Coach, before we get started with your team, I I wonder, because one of the big stories in college basketball of late is um, the news about the NIT, and I I feel like that that your program, because you've been competing for championships so much recently and- You know, obviously, knowing the stops that you've been at before, just your thoughts on the the route that college basketball is going and no longer, you know, benefiting the regular season champions of of leagues like yours to make sure you have that opportunity.
10: Yeah, really disappointing. Um, You know, I know Danny personally, Danny Gavitt. Um, I I don't see where that decision was made uh, in the best interest of college basketball, uh, certainly for all of college basketball. Um, you know, from my understanding, there was, you know, Fox television, which is in charge of everything nowadays. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Fox was trying to get a tournament out in Vegas, uh, you know, to go against the NIT. And I think the NIT kind of just pulled the trigger real quick to try to take those teams away. Uh, I I think what makes the NIT special, um, are those teams that get the automatic, those teams, um, are excited to be in the NIT, you know? Uh, Some of these teams that you're talking about taking uh, from the power five or power six after the NCAA tournament. So I coached in the Big Ten, right? You get nine teams. They're still talking about taking two more teams. So you're talking about taking 10 and 11, um, you know, automatically in that. I I don't know. It's just not. uh, And I think the NIT special, I I was on a staff. We won the NIT championship uh, my first year at Penn State. uh, And it's a pretty special experience. And tournaments run very well. So I'm really, really, really disappointed. Uh, and I sure hope it's not a prelim to the Power 5, Power 6 is trying to take over the NCAA tournament, because that would be a shame.
0: I, uh, we, uh, we wholeheartedly agree about that, Coach. And Patrick and I have definitely seen some teams over the years that made the NIT from Power Conferences that had no interest in being there None. whatsoever. None. <laughs> None, not at all. Um, uh, Coach, I, I 10 new players this year on your roster. So I, I hope you're not offended when I ask the question this way. Who are these guys, right? Like tell me about how it is that you went about putting together this year's team.
10: Well, I'm gonna have a roster here next week because I'm still kind of learning these guys' names. <laughs> <laughs> well wow. no, I, I, listen, you know what I have an, I have an unbelievable staff. My guys work extremely hard. Um, you know, whether we're bringing in one guy or we're bringing in 10 guys or 15 guys, uh, it's all about the ca- you know the the character, the person. Uh, so we do a really, really good job of bringing in great people that fit. Uh, our university and fit our program and when you do it that way I think it's a little bit easier to bring in 10 guys when you when you're bringing in character um, and stability um, so we kind of like last year we brought in eight guys and I kind of went with the the uh, grad transfer route older guys this year I kind of really blended it out a little bit uh, the transfers that we took uh, are going to be here for years now if the NSA holds true and doesn't allow you to transfer twice we took one grad transfer who's only here for a year. We took some uh, high school kids. So we really blended a great group together. Um, you know, it's been enjoyable as a coach, uh, except as you see, my hair is getting a lot grayer. I used to have <laughs> blonde hair probably before this season started. Um, but it brings you back to your roots as a coach. You know, you got to coach everything. You, you, you're coaching um, not only player development, you're coaching team unity, you're coaching, um emotions you're coaching you're implementing new things because it, it's everything's new for everybody um so fortunately we have a great group of guys um we are really competitive we're really tough we're really aggressive um and the fact that we had this summer has really helped us a lot uh that we're able to blend these guys together in the summer before school starts so um things are going pretty well right now we've, we've you know had a scrimmage and an exhibition game and and you know, we played well and played poorly in each one. Um, so it's great. It's it's kind of showed us what we need to work on as we get ready for the for the first game.
1: Jim, one of the holdovers is Dion Brown, who obviously uh maybe got a little bit of a slow out of the gates because cause of injury and what have you last year, but but had a really solid freshman year. Uh how how have you seen him develop uh this offseason and, and, and how important is he gonna be for what you guys want to do?
10: Yeah, well, people don't realize about Dion is you know. He did not do anything until late November last year, hmm. even start practice, because um, he was returning from an ACL injury. So he didn't do anything in the summer, didn't do anything in the fall, couldn't practice when practice started. Um, and then when he was cleared to go, we just kind of threw him in the fire, uh, played him out of position all year. Um, now we're playing him in his natural position. Um, the one thing people will see about DNA, is a tremendous, tremendous leader, um, does a fantastic job. He's really vocal, really aggressive, uh, holding himself accountable on the team. And I think people are going to see a totally different Dion this year just because he gets to play on the ball, which is his natural position. Um, you know, I think he's a kid that has all-league um, caliber talent, whether it's this year or next year. Uh, he has a
0: kid that's going to be an all-league player. Coach Jim Ferry from UMBC with us on our college basketball preview show. Coach, among the newcomers is a freshman who matters a lot to Baltimore basketball folks, and that's, of course, uh, Ace Valentine from Mount St. Joe, someone who's played in the building before and has won titles. Um, How how quickly does Ace have an opportunity to step in and make an impact? And, you know, is is there, you know, almost any pressure that a kid carries, you know, having been such a successful player locally?
10: Yeah, Ace is doing a fantastic job. I mean, you know, not only is he right down the road, he's in the same town. <laughs> you know, he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a local kid. Uh, he's a fantastic kid. He's a great student, comes from a great family. He's doing a really good job. Um, but he's also, you know, he's a freshman. So he's right. having some freshman up and downs each day in practice, uh, in games. But he's a really competitive kid. Um, he's played pretty well in spurts in each one of our uh, scrimmages and exhibitions. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity to play this year. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and I think what you're going to see out of Aces – is more so by the end of the year, you're really going to see his development
1: at this college game. Just doing a little bit of box score scanning from that uh, game up at Fordham the other day. Uh, and three of those newcomers stand out, Marcus Banks, Bryce Johnson, and Kadarius Smith. Uh, wh- what have you kind of seen from those guys in particular? Uh, and, and I guess is it fair to say that they're going to be pretty important for what you're going to do?
10: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know, Bryce is an extremely athletic guard uh, that can shoot threes. Um really fits our style of play and what we're doing. Uh, Obviously all three of those guys having great experience. Um, You know, Marcus, I think he had like 32 points in our uh, first scrimmage uh, against another college team, played very well uh, at Fordham. Uh, He's just a mature physical man, the way he approaches the game. Uh, And then Kadarius, you know, again, Experienced forwards, you know, to, to have a guy like him in our program. Um, he played fantastic against mm-hmm. Fordham the other day. I think those three guys are going to give us and plus max Lorker, um, are really going to give us, um, game experience. You know, we're trying to get uh, shared experiences right now as a team and every day is a shared experience for us, but those guys have actually played in high level games and competition, um, and they've done a really good job of kind of adjusting to the way we want to play um, while bringing us, you know, the experience of, of being really good college basketball
0: players. UMBC opens at Louisville next Monday and then the home opener the following or that next Saturday against Marist in Catonsville. Coach, who are maybe some of the other newcomers that you can already sense are going to be key contributors early on to what it is that you guys are doing?
10: Yeah, well, some are newcomers and some are returners that didn't play much. Uh, you know, uh, um, Devin Saps really done a very good job. He played a little bit for us last year. He's a big, physical, uh, versatile basketball player. We play him kind of all over the floor. Um, he's got the ability to shoot threes. He can really rebound the basketball. Um, you know, another kid that's done really well for us is Frank Emu, another freshman, very similar to Ace. Um, Good size, another 6'4", 6'5", guard, um, you know, that that can do multiple things. We're trying to play real positionless basketball this year and play really, really fast. And I think uh, for these young guys, it's a little bit of an adjustment, uh, but he's really doing a good job. And then, like I said, Mac Locker-Lloyd, who is a Penn graduate, played at Penn, uh, transferred to us as a grad transfer, who has two years, has been tremendous. Um, For the first time since I've been here, we really have rim protection. Um, you know, he's top 10 in the country in blocks per minutes played. And it showed the other night. I think he had seven blocks at Fordham uh, against a much bigger physical team. And he's just another guy that's just really, really easy to play with. Uh, another guy is Marlon Short. He's a Division II transfer. Um, been recovering from an injury a little bit. But just another guy. He's six he's five. He just knows how to play. Easy to play with. Great teammate. Um, you know, he's coming off of an injury right now. So we're going to see if we can get him ready for the game. Uh, Monday night but um, so far everybody's been contributing I think it's going to be a team this year that that we're going to play at least nine guys maybe 10 guys at a time um, just because we're going to be playing so fast and so aggressive
1: one uh, one sort of scheduling question I had for you Uh, I know last year you were pleased with how hosting an MTE went those you know sort of a three-team event Friday Saturday Sunday Obviously enough to do it again. Just what are the benefits of, of, of doing something like that? And, and well, for one, on it
10: gets us some home games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard uh, as a mid-major to get home games. You know, we got to go on the road and we play the, you know, the 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 up games like you say the 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 Maryland's, the Iowas, the Louisville's, <clears throat> um, and just to be able to get some home games, you want to host some teams and you can get in there and you get some, you know, good competition. So. Um, like this year Loyola is in it
11: mm-hmm.
10: and very uniquely we played at, at Loyola last year. They were going to come back and play to us this year. We, we were struggling getting another team in there. So, you know, we asked Tavares if he wanted to come over and play in it, which obviously gave him a, a neutral site game as well. So, um, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity to get like opponents and like I said, get some home games out of it because it's really hard getting like opponents to play and especially get them here.
0: You guys got a really unique opportunity this summer, Coach. Uh, some guy that people might have heard of named Steph Curry came over to the building and uh, spent yeah. some time, and I saw that he was uh, working out with uh, some of your players. Can Can you take me through what that meant to those guys? And, you know, I, I don't know that it matters all that much when it's all said and done. I don't know that it's going to help you go try to beat Louisville next week, but uh, it, no. I'm sure it had to be a thrill for the guys that were involved with that.
10: Yeah, you know, we have a great relationship with Under Armour obviously being local and, and knowing those guys and those guys take care of us so um you know whenever you get an opportunity to have your guys around arguably one of the best players in the game right now I think that's pretty special um you know and Steph is a down-to-earth guy you know he, he's he's not a guy that was a, a five-star recruit growing up so I think he respects all that stuff um and he came in he spent some time with our guys you know he got to work out with some of our guys and guys just spending some time with them and and stuff i think that stuff's special and i think that you know having that opportunity and just being here in baltimore and and you know being close with under Armour to get that it, it absolutely helps our program
0: did you didn't happen to hear from any else like can you promise me next year that if uh, if I come to UNBC I get to hang out with Steph Curry like and not become like almost a burden now for future recruiting did <laughs> it will it'll
10: be part of the NIL right we'll
11: sell as part of the
0: NIL it could be worse things man there could be way no, worse no, things no doubt no doubt um i uh, coach you know you, you when you got when you got here you knew right that you were walking into a place with expectations you knew that um, you know, there, this has been a program that have been competing for championships and, and right there. How, how good has it felt to be able to continue that, to, to say, hey, we have kept that sort of standard of being a top team? And, and what has it taken in order to be able to keep this going at UMBC?
4: Um,
10: I'll be quite honest with you guys. I, I really didn't pay attention to that stuff. Um, Ryan was a fantastic coach and did a great job and you know, UNBC has been to the NCAA tournament, I think, twice um, in its program history. Um, I've been in, in the NCAA tournament uh, at the Division I level twice myself as taking a program there. So I, I want to help this program get back more so for the kids because it's such a special uh, opportunity. Um, I've been coaching a long time and no one's going to be putting uh, or nothing's going to be putting pressure on me more than my myself to do things the right way, um, you know. This place is unique. We have a beautiful facility. Uh, we have an administration that really cares. Um, I think we're in a great conference for who we are. Um, so, you know, the first year for us to get to the championship game, my first year, that's usually pretty hard to do because it's an adjustment. But it was a goal, um, you know, as it is every year. Disappointing that we didn't win that game and get to the NCAA tournament. Last year, again, we had another 18 wins. Um <clears throat> You know, finishing the top four in the league, I th- think we have a chance to do that this year. I think we'll have a chance to do it every single year. Um, you know, we've really uh, upgraded the schedule, though. I really try to challenge us here since I've gotten here. Um, we're not playing multiple Division Three games. We're, we're really trying to play a tougher schedule. We're playing three Colonial games. I don't even know if it's called a Colonial anymore. I don't even know <laughs> what to call it. You know, but we're playing Maryland. Uh, we're opening up at Louisville. We're going out to Iowa. Um, you know, I'm playing all the local teams, you know, I'm playing Towson, I'm playing Loyola, I'm playing Coppin, I'm playing Morgan. I think that stuff's really, really important. Um, but when you look at our schedule compared to some of the other schedules in our league, uh, ours is really challenging. Um, but I'm doing that to prepare our guys. So it might not be, you know, 23 win seasons, but it's going to be seasons where we're ready to compete, um, in our, in our conference to compete for a conference championship.
0: Yeah, I believe it is the Coastal, and we'll ask Pat because he's he just wandered into studio with us in a second. We'll get him to explain it to us. Uh, Jim Ferry, as we mentioned, obviously the season opens up next Monday night at Louisville and then the home opener against Marist on November 11th. Coach, really appreciate you taking some time for us this morning here on the preview show. Thanks for doing this, and we'll be checking in during the course of the season. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you guys. Let's Have coach. a great year. It's Coach Jim Ferry from UMBC with us here on the College Basketball Preview Show. Today's show also brought to you, or how about just a reminder, that the Tyus Bowser Show returns next Tuesday night. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North with Tyus and a special guest. Hope you can come join us for that next Tuesday night the Tyus Bowser Show. It's a partnership with Press Box and Grade 8's memorabilia. It's brought to you by HelpMyGamblingProblem.org as well as Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. Uh, I was just going to go right... Since he's here, I was going to roll right into it, right? Like, get right to it. Next up on the hot seat this morning here in our college basketball... You won't need him. You won't need him, coach. It's only going to be awkward. You, you don't, don't... You're going to end up just... You're good. You're good. It is the Coastal. Now, not the colonial any longer, right? I have that correct coach. I think you do. Who knows? (laughs) Joining us now in studio. He is the coach of the Towson Tigers. Our friend Pat Scary is
12: back in the studio. That
1: sounds like a great new slogan for the league.
12: (laughs) CA basketball. Who Who knows? Who knows?
0: (laughs) Not bad. Not bad. It's great to be here, fellas, right? It's always good to see you. Who knows, yeah, who knows? Um, you know, I, I've got. I, speaking of who knows, who knows when you're gonna find out if Nenda Tart can play for you. That's what I want to know. When when do you get that? Who do we got to call and figure out what, what's going on there? Hey, I like having people that want to get this done for
12: us. That's great. <laughs> well, well, uh, my athletic director Steve Eigenbrot brought in my assistant AD in charge of compliance Terry Porter are uh, working on it. As you know, um, coaches don't get to talk to the NCA, so. Um, our expectations are that we're going to get some positive news, uh, which is
0: weird because I assume you'd be so reasonable if you were talking to the NCAA. I just assume, knowing you, yep. you'd be very measured. You'd be very you know.
12: I, I would. I'd like to get them on the phone about Nender and maybe the nit oh, thing. Oh, we're gonna get to that. We're and, gonna uh, get to that <laughs> in their customer service. We could have a we could have a grand old time a, having a little bit of a, a, a chat. So yeah, we're, we're hopeful on Nender. A uh, really good player. Uh, good kid um talented good good fit so uh yeah hopefully um he's, he's practicing with us you know he obviously wasn't with us in the summer um so he didn't take the trip so he's kind of like the the last guy in but um yeah he's certainly a guy that will help us i guess this is like a little bit of a national uh story right now college basketball the uh so let's put in um you know let's make it hard for waivers and i get it but let's not be prepared that we're going to be an onslaught of potential waivers and be understaffed and, you know, big games the next weekend. Like, people have Im- meaningful games that will impact their program later on, and they're, and we're waiting on kids. It's it's just head-shaking that in the men's basketball, right, that it's covers like 92% you, of the NCAA tournament. You when
0: know when the season starts. Like, yeah. you, you, you guys are aware of when yeah. the games are being yeah, it's
12: played. Cra- it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy, you know, so um, – Guys like Nender and everyone else that's waiting, hopefully, um, you know, people maybe could work past 4 or 5 o'clock in the name of um, student-athletes. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, let,
1: let's uh, let's go ahead and take on another one of those NCAA issues, the NIT news from last week, which was one of those, it felt like a careful Friday news dump at like 2 three o'clock, a, two yeah. o'clock yeah. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, slipping one past the goalie. Uh, I, I haven't found anybody that has has, like, said that's a good thing. Uh, to, to basically guarantee these at large spot or these automatic berths for power conferences. Essentially, you know, I, I know Dan Gavitt told a conference call yesterday. It was about, you know, yeah, I read that. H- yeah. holding off the, the Fox TV deal yeah. and all that. So there was a financial element to it. But, but what are your kind of thoughts as a coach that has taken a team to the NIT? Well, uh,
12: I, I think the big thing with is. Um, you know, obviously, coaches. I'm on the NABC Congress. We so uh, came out of left field. I, I, I question more. Uh, yeah, I don't like the decision, but I really disappointed in the leadership of the NCAA men's basketball in their customer service of not letting anyone know. I don't. I don't think that's really a a proper way to lead. Um, and I, I I think I've done Dan Gavitt for a long time. I just that's just disappointing that that would be the manner in that it was broken I mean the way it was like you just said the way it was broken legibly uh, this isn't gonna be good it's probably not good but we're gonna just do it and hope no one pays attention like that's just you know so hopefully it, it is temporary what they they alluded to but there's certainly um, I, I just know if you watch the top of our league last year um, those teams are better than 14 and 17 power six teams mm-hmm. that we're going to play in the postseason
1: and not just that but those are teams that are going to be excited to go play an extra game I mean you've been you've been around teams both good and bad over the years sure. that when you're a lot of teams that get to the end and they're 17 and 16 and they've just gone through being six and 12 in a power league a lot of them are ready just to go home yeah, and it's call going to spring day, break. yeah you know
12: yeah I mean it's uh, yeah I think you know guys like yourself kind of continue to Pump that message out that it's just not good, and get get eyes on it is, is helpful. So it's appreciated from guys in our 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 boat. You know.
0: All right. He is Pat Scary. He said his piece. He's he's he said what he needed to say about this. Let let me go back to Nenda for a second because whenever he plays, whenever he gets on the floor, how we we have seen Patrick and I from having watched you know Coppin obviously. What is it that he brings to your team when he gets on the floor? Well, one,
12: he'll bring defense. He's got a Big East body, um, and, and he can move. And then what I've really been impressed with is his um, his IQ. He's been well-coached you know, between Juan Dixon and, and, and Bruce Kelly down at the Bullish School. So he just has a really good feel. And then every team is different. I, I think he gives us something that we kind of don't have – with this group we have a lot but he gives us something that would blend in uh in kind of an area that does
1: he, he does a lot of different things he's like a rotisserie league guy <laughs> <know>? <laughs> uh one guy you do have back that everybody knows about is charles thompson and i know it had to be hard to end up saying goodbye to that core a lot of that core group but to have him back for another year how how great is that for you guys and and you know he's obviously a guy that has continued to get better what's his next step
12: yeah i, I will say he's had as good an off season as anyone we've had um in, in my you know 12 years here he's really changed his body not that it was bad before and he's become much better with the ball and, and decision making um you know pat yours biggest stats guys you know like we, 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 sub- we do a lot of analytical stuff and other than Aaron Estrada uh, one of the services we subscribe to he was the highest rated guy in the conference so also because his value on the defensive ben. side of the ball so we were thrilled to get him back there is no better ambassador for Towson University and Athletics than, than Charlie Thompson you know he's, he's here for all the right reasons um, he's a great leader he gives us a chance every night out so we're, we're just appreciative that he's back
0: Coach Pat Scary from Towson is in studio with us. Uh, unfortunately, you're not going to have Marcus Watson. And I don't know if this means, like, no more Canadian trips ever again in the future because it's cursed or something like that. But uh, it's someone who I, I think I understood was someone that was a lot of expectation for. How do you go up trying to make up for that during the course of the season?
12: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it's awful what happened to Marcus. You know, he had practiced with us, like, four times, and then... Um, we got up to Canada, and it was literally four minutes into the first game. So he's uh, from a, You don't start
0: to think, like, are we cursed? You don't, like, have like, a feeling like that that goes through. Coach, can I ask you to squeeze that microphone a little bit higher, close to your – Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do a little bit. We've had a lot of um,
12: – we've had a lot of injuries over the last couple of years in spite of having success. So hopefully um, hopefully we can get past that. That uh, Trust me on that. That's something I'm I'm, I'm asking a lot about. <laughs> but I, I will say, in Marcus, he is way ahead of schedule. Way ahead of schedule, um, and, and uh, obviously an unbelievable athlete. And, can and can a, I? To work are
0: you out. Are you suggesting there There is a chance that he could. This isn't like an Aaron Rodgers. There, there is a chance. There is a chance.
12: There is a chance. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want to cap it. It's also hard to jump in, but I, you know, I, I also will say it's not anything that we will uh, use as an excuse. He hadn't practiced or played with us long enough for that to happen. It's, it's off. It's, it was a lot more challenging the last two years to lose good players
1: in season when you don't have time to kind of prepare for that christian may is a guy that played a fair bit for you as a freshman uh i know there's some optimism that he could be a guy ready to take another step i mean what have you seen from him
12: a lot Mm -hmm. he's talented he's uh you know we've been fortunate to have some guys from year one to year two take big steps especially perimeter players and he's got the ability to do that he's also committed on both ends of the the floor um so we're expecting a big year from him and quite honestly if for us to get where we believe we can get he's he's going to need to to do that
0: who else who else is ready to you know take as as we talk about having charles back we all we also recognize you lost two of your top you know players from a year Mm -hmm. ago who else is ready to take that next step up to to make a difference this season well hicks will he's healthy one he's changed his body
12: um Williamson's really gifted, Dylan Williamson. He'll play a lot. He can score. Um, I shouldn't have redshirted him last year. Hmm. I did because Jason Gibson, when he got hurt, that wasn't a season-ending injury. We kept we were told repeatedly that a couple more weeks, a couple more weeks. So in hindsight, it was my decision. It was a bad decision, but I know why I did it. But he's he's good. He's good. He's gifted. We haven't had a guy that crafty with the ball maybe in my tenure. Um Chase Power, I'm proud of him. He's lost 25 pounds. He has been through every practice since the summer. He only played five games last year. Um, Tyler Coleman's improved. He's a guy that's been in the program, kind of waiting his turn. So we, we have a half dozen guys back that that understand um, winning, and then we've added some some guys. You know, right off the bat, we've got two very good transfers that are men physically, uh, Messiah Jones and Tamiwa Suleiman. I mean, these guys are. They've got bodies like the Kid Moto we had a couple of years, mm-hmm. not quite as big as that. So um, rebounders and a and, um, little bit better shooters than we thought. Uh, good teammates, they, they fit in. And then we've got two freshmen that are going to play a lot right out the gate. Uh, kid Tyler Tejada, who is a uh, he's about 222 pounds, a 6'9 guard. He's wired to score. Did you say those? Did you say 222 pounds, 6'9 guard? Mm-hmm. He is. He is. He's and he's. He's getting committed defensively. Um, he loves basketball. He's he, he's talented. That sounds like a nightmare if that's yeah, the he's, case. He's talented. He led us in. He was second on our trip over up up north behind Charlie and scoring. Um, he's he's a good player. Um, Jim Rat and then um, kid Makai Lowry, I think people are going to really like. He's a uh, he, he's still figuring out his game, but he's about six seven. He's got a seven two and a half reach. Uh, very athletic, about well, 210. He's really put like plays incredibly hard. So, th- th- those two guys, w- we're longer than we've been, and may- maybe stronger. And and I think as good as our team was last year, this we were a little bit uncommitted at times defensively. Mm. I don't anticipate that being an issue with this group at all. I think it'll start with our two things with our group. It'll start our defense, and then our, can we take care of the basketball so that we're not in transition defensively
1: looking at the league last year was a kind of an odd season in that when you looked at the top four or so teams it was a group that was fairly imposing college of charleston was a fabulous team you had wilmington you had you guys and all that but then you also had a number of teams that really struggled and some of that was a matter of teams coming into the league and, and and not necessarily being ready for that what do you expect that to improve a little bit, first off, and and second, how does the league kind of have to do its best to help integrate some of those programs?
12: Yeah, good, good question. I, you know, um, we seem to get all the teams twice that are good. That, that was that seemed to be the deal last year, and and um, I hope it's different this year. But we got, I know they sent us back to charleston and wilmington twice i know our, our league told me there have been really good games for the league i said good games for who <laughs> <laughs> and i mean uh, you know, for, for tv shodder, yeah. down there and it's yeah. hostile environments i said i guess that's a backhanded compliment uh yeah i'm sure that you know in this day and age right you know we knew we were going to be good two years ago we brought in guys that we knew were good and guys were coming back so maybe people didn't think we were going to be good i'm sure there's going to be some teams that are you know, uh, very good. I I picked Charleston to win the league last year. I was the only coach that that, that did that. You know, I would say off the bat, I'm sure Northeastern is going to be better. He's a terrific coach, and, uh, you know, it's just just one of those things. You know, it's – I think every coach says, when you get into your league, right, all the games get hard. It's hard to evaluate the non-conference. I I would say what's probably disappointing with our league, there's probably, you know – three to four schools that are playing pretty tough schedules. There's some good teams that that are playing good mm-hmm. schedules. Mm. Um, so for us, it's always been like, hey, how do we try to get ready for the conference? Now, you got to win, right? For me, it's a little different. When you lose like fifty-five games your first year, you don't worry about playing. <laughs> you don't worry about playing tough non-conference <laughs> schedules.
0: You no? just need to get some wins. Well, need to get.
1: Well, well, on the subject of scheduling, you guys go to Charleston for for the the MTE down there. You go to South Dakota State, which. Technically neutral site, but not really. You play Bryant up at uh, up at the Islanders Arena. Did you feel like you did a, a, a good job of maintaining a quality schedule while also obviously getting a few extra home games compared to yeah, last year? Yeah, I mean,
12: last year, you know, we couldn't mm-hmm. get anyone home, and I, I probably overextended us, although, you know. Um, we're, but
1: we're, some of that comes back to you thought you had Jason Gibson for all that time, too.
12: Right? I, yeah, he did. started out pretty good when mm-hmm. we had him. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um, – you know, the Charleston deal, the field is obviously as strong as it's ever been mm-hmm. down there. I didn't know that going in, but I, I, you could get into that once every four years, our league sponsor. Re- really, the only guys that have been aggressive about playing in that has been Northeastern and ourselves. Mm-hmm. I just feel like f- for Towson and our university, anytime we can play on national television against those type of opponents, we, we got to take those those opportunities. So that's why I, I would do it every year if we if we could.
0: Speaking of television… And I, I want to be careful because I know Flow Hoops is a partner of you guys, and, and heck, they might be hiring at some point. And so, hello, love Flow Hoops. Um, but I also know that that has been a source of frustration for a lot of CA basketball fans. You guys go and do a deal to get games on Monumental this season. I, I know that doesn't matter in going to try to beat Colorado next week, but the significance of that for your program, that fans will have the opportunity... To watch the games on TV and and what that means to the entire fan base. Yeah, that, that's. A, I appreciate you asking that. So,
12: so two things. One, to help out our conference, in spite of sometimes maybe they think, I don't, is uh, I think Flow Sports has spent a lot of money to upgrade uh, the, the paywalls okay. and the the accessibility when you're navigating that. Two is the deal we have with Flow Sports allows us to get games, use the money to get games on CBS Sports. We have the most games in the country that don't play 1A football on the hmm. national TV page. So we've got like 24, 25 games on CBS Sports this year. So it makes sense. Uh, everyone on this knows ESPN, but there's no guarantee they're going to put you on linear. They can just put you on all the mm-hmm. computer stuff. Now, with the Monumental, boy, I had fought for that for like four or five years because that's what some of the teams we've been competing.
1: Compared to had. Like Delaware and Drexel yeah. have done that. Well, it, you know, no
12: disrespect to Delaware and Drexel. We've been a lot better than mm-hmm. Delaware and Drexel over the last decade. But like Charleston and and And, 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 and Hofstra. Austria. Yeah, so um, I'm really appreciative of Mike Gathigan in our office and, and Steve Eigenbrot. Last year we, they were on NBC Sports. Washington, now it's on Monumental. It's, it's huge. You know, I, I, throw out the COVID the last three years, we've had a ton of tv opportunities we've got a brand new president that just started who i think really understands the value of that mark ginsburg so it's exciting right we got a great university we can get on tv and basketball we continue investing in it and it showcases our university
0: seems like a win-win seems like it's a good thing for everybody involved uh, the season as i mentioned gets underway at the uh, colorado on monday night and then the home opener against robert morris next sunday november 12th if this is going to be the year that Towson breaks through to win the CAA. And I know how much heartbreak you've been through, and, you know, we joke about curses. What goes right this year for this to be the year?
12: Well, I mean, first thing, we got to stay healthy. You know, I mean, and we just got to put ourselves in the positions we've been in and, and, and hope for a little good fortune. There's no magic formula. This is a group that works hard and is connected um, and has a chance to be really deep. Uh, you know, last year was. Frustrating in some ways because we didn't finish the job in other ways i was proud of the guys because they adapted to some changing personnel situations during the year and that wasn't ideal for some that's not what they signed up for so um you know my old thing is like look uh, are we going to be really hard to play against that's usually that's what i want people to say when they watch uh, our team play i don't i don't know if we're there yet on that we're going to find out Monday in some, some of our early tests, whether, whether we're ready or not. Um, I, I do think that will eventually, um, you know, toughen, toughen our group up. But I, do, I like the group a lot. I can't say enough about them as far as the type of guys they are and how hard they work. And, and the leadership of Thompson and Hicks has been as good as we've ever had.
0: There you go. He is Coach Pat Scary. Coach, it's so good to see you. Always appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us. Anything else you want to get off your chest about the NCAA before we let you go? You guys are the best. Feel free to email me (laughs) anyone at the the, Scary at Towson.edu. We can talk there. (laughs) I appreciate you, Coach. It's great to see you. Coach Pat Scary from Towson with us here on the College Basketball Preview Show. Next up, Kevin Brodus from Morgan State will be in in studio with us. That's next as we continue along on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code Glenn 23 L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K 23. So bet with the Best and use the promo code Glenn Clark 23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler.
13: What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia.
0: The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels, and if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit
7: helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas in is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at Costasin.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. The Orioles brought us a summer we'll never forget in 2023, securing their first
9: division title in nine years. And while the playoffs ended quicker than we had hoped in Birdland, the future is brighter than ever. I'm Paul Valley, and along with Zach Goodman, we'll be with you on the Bat Around all offseason, warming our hands by the hot stove. From the GM meetings to the winter meetings to the start of spring training, the bat around has you covered for every trade, signing, and transaction as the Orioles look to revamp and regroup for another postseason run. You can watch the show every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at YouTube. Dot com slash Pressbox Online or Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or you can listen at Pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune into the battle round every Saturday right here at Pressbox.
14: What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com.
0: Visit Harford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome.
9: Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or
0: youtube.com slash pressboxonline. We continue along on the College Basketball Preview Show. It is also brought to you by Project Game Day, which returns this Sunday. Myself, Rita, former Super Bowl champion, Femi Ayambe, the dejo will be with you and our cast of characters, their whole crew, Ken Zales, Andrew Stecker, the whole gang hanging out with you after Ravens Seahawks. Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports, YouTube.com slash Pressbox Online, Pressboxonline.com slash game day. Project Game Day brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and help my Gambling all right, Patrick, uh, last two coaches, UMBC, Towson, your thumbnails on uh, those two teams.
1: Uh, well, for Towson, I, I think uh, a lot of it does come down to those newcomers that, that Pat Scarry mentioned. Um, you know, the Nendetark questions there, how well he fits in for a team that he wouldn't have been with for a good chunk of that time. Obviously, he was practicing in the fall and all, but didn't go to Canada with them or anything. Uh, so I, I think those, those are significant questions, and obviously they have a, a pretty good non-conference schedule to work with. I didn't even mention UMass coming to town uh, in the return nice game because they, they played them up, at, up in Amherst last year. Uh, so I, I think they're a team that should be top four, top five in the CAA. You know, it's the usual suspects in that league. Hofstra, UNC Wilmington, Charleston, Towson. Uh, And I think we'll see Drexel and Delaware both be pretty solid, too. I mean, the bottom half of that league is not very good. And you know you, you you know I didn't want to dig too deep into it but I I think the CAA went from being like a 16th 17th 18th ranked league last year to about 26th mm. and that's what those that that's what those additions really did to them and I think some of those schools are going to help in the long run uh, as they get better and r- invest more but for right now um it just makes it even harder for a team from the CAA to be able to uh create a little separation maybe even be a viable at large possibility I mean look at Charleston last year basically had to win that that league title game to be able to get in so uh I I do think Towson should be pretty good and Charles Thompson is going to be one of the best players in the CAA this year um with UMBC uh there's there's so much new there uh and 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 Jim Ferry did touch on what I thought was going to be a, a key for them: positionless basketball. You look at their roster, and it's so many guys between six three and six eight. Uh, and so uh, it, it's it's a team that I think we're probably uh, we probably know less about them than than just about anybody around here, um, just because there isn't that much that that is that feels certain. Um, but that's a team I think picked in the middle of the. America East Pack, maybe fifth or sixth, wouldn't be surprising if they ended up third or fourth or something like that. I, I do think Vermont probably remains the class of that league sure. for yet another. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's it's a year at some point in the last 10 years, basically. So, you know, Vermont is the team to beat. Uh, in the America East, now, I don't know if UMBC is going to be at that level, but I do think they will improve as the year goes on. Uh, and you know, they do have you know they have some interesting non-conference games. They, they go to they they could win opening night if things break right. They go to Louis, they go to a Louisville team. Yeah, that lo- very good. They, they, team. They lost another exhibition game this year. They lost to Kentucky Wesleyan the other day um and isn't Kentucky Wesleyan even bad at that level like aren't they I don't know I don't know that somewhere um but but that was uh but for, for that's an opportunity you know because you know last year Louisville was looking shaky going into the regular season and there were some teams that were able to get them right out of the shoot just because they they were so wobbly uh and it wasn't like great scheduling on the part of Louisville I think they played two really good teams in Bellarmine and Wright State Immediately, Uh, but you know UMBC has a chance there, and so they also go to Maryland. They also go to Iowa. Uh, So there's there's some interesting opportunities. But as Jim pointed out, they also play all the local teams. They play Loyola on a Sunday at UMBC. They play Towson uh, on a Saturday afternoon, I believe. They play Coppin midweek game at Coppin, I think it is, Uh, and they play Morgan too, I believe. So you see all that and that that's that's pretty encouraging that those opportunities are are, are going to be there uh so i think for UNBC, uh, a team that will get better as the year goes along but we still have to figure out exactly how all the pieces are going to fit together
0: uh one more national storyline because we, we got inter- interrupted by uh, jim ferry I had checking in when he did but i brought up that one name that was interesting local was hunter dickinson the other interesting local name who's with the defending national champions that you had brought up earlier is cam spencer um I get that they lost a lot at UConn, but that was a pretty dominant run that they had during the month of March. Is there a chance there for Cam Spencer to go up and do something pretty special?
1: I mean, he played really well for Rutgers last season, so I don't see a reason why he can't be a productive player for UConn. You know, I, I was a little skeptical. About how much of an impact he could have for Rutgers last season, and it turned out he was one of their most valuable players. So I'm not going to undersell that guy again. Um, I I I think that he'll he will have the opportunity uh, to play on a obviously a really good UConn team. The interesting thing about UConn is, uh, you know, they a they probably arrived a year earlier as a national title contender sure. than just about everybody expected. But beyond that, um, they're in a league. Where you know that top half, if you catch the wrong, you catch teams in the wrong order, basically. Where you've got a Villanova team that should be better, that has Justin Moore back, that just got Hakeem Hart from Maryland, got Tyler Burton from Richmond. Uh, you've got Marquette, which won the league tournament last year. You've got Creighton which has three starters back from an elite eight team and, and has one of the best big guys in the country in Ryan Kalkbrenner, you have sort of the St. John's wild card. We don't know what that is. They, they lost an exhibition game too, uh, the other day. Uh, but you have them in the mix. You've got Providence with some pieces. Uh, you know, any of those teams ha- might have a four game losing streak in them in the middle of league play, just because of, of how dicey things are. So, you know one of the interesting things of seeing these big east teams pop- populate the top 10 they might be three or four of the top 10 best teams in the country but it's also very possible that each of the, that the best record in the league's going to be like 14 and 6 or something like that that's um that's
0: interesting anything else on the national level that like we haven't touched on that you think is an interesting storyline going into the season
1: uh, i mean one team that i'm curious to see Given how last year went for them as North Carolina, um, you know, a team that was preseason number one and didn't even make the tournament and just fizzled, yeah. and just did not show really any kind of gumption at all for for the most part, uh, and so you know, Caleb Love's gone, but they still have Armando Baycott, they still have uh, R.J. Davis, uh, and they added some interesting pieces like Cormac Ryan from from Notre Dame and Harrison Ingram from Stanford. Uh, they are. You know, I, I don't know I don't think they're gonna be the best team in the country but they're gonna be better and how much better is a question uh, because if they're not much better you know there's gonna be some people that are really cranky down there with two disappointing seasons in a row that just does not fly it's not, yeah it's it does North not Carolina it, it does, it does, it does not right. fly one other team in a similar boat you know early in the summer we were wondering when they were down to about seven players is Kentucky gonna be any good hmm. and then they managed to add some guys as it goes you know and so now there's a lot of people that are bullish on the Wildcats and, and that's a program that for the last 3 or 4 years they they're, they're not Kentucky, right? Like I mean, yeah, they were a two seed and lost to St. Peters and all that. They were not the most overwhelming team a season ago. They had the pandemic season where they weren't any good at all. And that's, you know, the last 4 years or so at Kentucky have not been up to in aggregate Kentucky standards. So uh, you know, is there, is there rumbling for a change there in some way or another if things get off to a wobbly start? Uh, you, you can count on Kentucky fans to handle things in a very rational manner. Uh, so you, 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 it, it would not be surprising if that's one of the epicenters of discussion for this season one way or the other. If this team turns out to be really good and they basically constructed a Final Four contender kind of on the fly in the summer before season – you're going to look at that and wonder how much is how much is that going to get replicated or attempted to get replicated in the years to come? Not just by Kentucky, but by a bunch of teams.
0: And then new coaches all over the place, but Syracuse, of course, stands out obviously significantly. Georgetown, Notre
1: Dame, biggest coaching change storylines to you coming into the year. Well, one of the easy ones is whenever Ed Cooley goes back to Providence at the end of January. That's going to be uh, one of the one of the best environments of the season. Maybe one of the more dangerous environments. Environments of the season, quite frankly, well, certainly hostile. Uh, Ed Cooley leaving Providence after 12 years to go to Georgetown, an in-league switch. Uh, you know, Providence hires Kim English from yep. George Mason after two Baltimore seasons. Zone. So, yeah. so that's going to be a that's going to be a, an interesting matchup in that case. You mentioned Penn State uh, with Micah Shrewsbury, uh, Micah or Penn State, Micah, Micah Shrewsbury leaves Penn State for Notre Dame. Penn State got Mike Rhodes and brought Ace Baldwin, as point guard, the A10 Player yep. of the Year, with him. I, I think. Uh, Penn State might be a little bit better than anticipated. I think people are kind of looking at them as maybe a 13th place team. Uh, it wouldn't shock me to see them a, a tier up in the Big Ten. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, what, what, Syracuse, Syracuse, Notre yes, Dame, Syracuse. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Micah, Micah Shrewsbury has his work cut out for him. It's going to be a young team, uh, not a lot of continuity uh, year over year from the end of the Mike Bray era. And Syracuse, I mean, any it's, it's weird. Like, that's somebody – Jim Boeheim – you know, I'm 43 years old. Jim Boeheim has right. been the hey. head coach had been the head coach at Syracuse since before I was born. So uh, that's one of those things where it's going to take a little time to get used to it. Maybe more so than even more so, I think, than, than a Duke scenario where Shashevsky where was as much of an institution or, or even a Carolina Dean Smith type of thing or something along those lines. All
0: right. So I am told that Coach Brodus is here. He's in the parking lot. So we might just need to go find him and see if we can't help him get in here. It is a... We are, for those... Hi, Glenn Clark here. We are uh, we're in a, I don't know, a complex, a business office park. Par- yeah, yeah, office park, business park. And when we say a suite number, it, I'm just going to tell you, the, bi- the buildings are not ordered in a way that it's necessarily logical. And and they're not labeled. Not well. well not, not terribly at well. at all. So this can happen sometimes where somebody's trying to figure out exactly where we are, and it ends up creating a little bit of confusion. So hopefully... Hopefully, we're going to be all right. Oh, indeed, we are. Look who's here. And uh, if you could check in with our next and see if we can't push that back a couple of minutes. No, it's quite all right. We continue along on our college basketball preview show. Next up on the hot seat, he is the head coach at Morgan State. Uh, i let him get settled for just a second here. As I know, it's uh, last minute. Coach Kevin Brodus is with us in studio. Coach, really appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us for a few minutes. Thanks so much for being here.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: A um, lot to talk about with you guys and some new pieces. I think a couple of returning pieces. I'm going to start only because he's a local kid um, with Will Thomas, who had some really big games for you a year ago, but never necessarily found any consistency. Is there a chance there for him to take a step forward and find some consistency this year?
4: There's a very good chance. It's all on Will. Is, Coach, you
0: know, can I ask you to pull that microphone a little bit? Yeah. yeah.
4: It's all on Will. It's a good chance he will find his stride and, you know, take it to the take it to the maximum. It's all on Will. Nothing to do with anyone else and coaches or other players. Will is Will is Will. Will is his, you know, sometimes best critic and sometimes his best enemy, but sometimes his best friend too. So Will's got a chance to be very good this year. He's put in the work, but, you know, it's all on Will.
1: I think the name that kind of stands out the most among the additions just based on, you know, where he's been and what he's done is Winston Tabbs, who had been at Boston College previously but has obviously had his share of knee issues and whatnot. Is he healthy, and how much of an impact can he have if he's ready to go for you?
4: Right now Winston Tabs is very healthy. Um going to It's, it's say it yeah. seems
0: like you're doing a bit of a
4: Yeah, um uh, special talent special talent. I had a couple guys come in and watch him uh John Thompson, Mark Turgeon, they was like wow, he's a high, he's a high major player. High major uh offensive player. Can really play, knows the game. I high IQ um just loves what he brings to the table, and he brings leadership and experience to the table. He's probably one of the first transfers we've had that's come from a high major that that I look at and say, okay, I see why he played at the high major. The other ones, you know, you question some of the, the different, you know, either the skill set, the, the mentality, or the IQ, or what have you, but Winston Tabs is the real deal. He's got the whole package, and we're looking for great things with him
0: is it at all like do do, do you when someone's dealt with as many injuries do you have to work with someone who's at all tentative that there's all any fear of what they're going through well
4: yes I mean it's always in the back of your mind but he plays with reckless abandon so you know what I think you know some people have to have those injuries to get them out the way and it seems like he's at that type person like hopefully he's done with these injuries but you know that None of us are doctors. We can't tell, you know, only God knows, you know. So we have no clue what's in front of him, but we have been preserving him so he could, you know, hopefully make it through the whole year.
1: I know when we talked over the summer, you mentioned Karan Oliver as an X factor, made the comparison to Troy Baxter, which immediately got my attention. Uh, and I know you've had the chance to go overseas, play some, got extra practices. Has he lived up to that? And, and he, he has.
4: He has. Karan. Kyron. Kyron. Kyron has um, been very, very, he's our energy guy. Um, He brings energy like every single minute of the practice, every single day. I mean, we love this kid and, you know, being recruited at the high level, went to New Mexico State, you know, he played JUCO the last year, but this kid is a high major athlete, you know, and he loves to play the game. I was just talking to one of the coaches on the phone coming in here. Him and Winston was in the gym as we speak. You know, you love to hear that as a coach. And I just said to her, make sure they don't have class because, you know, these kids these days, you know, that's their, their outside coach. I got to get these shots up, but they don't just morning, Will's been in a lot. You know, this is what you get when you get guys that are serious about their, their craft. You know, they're in the gym. You don't have to pull them in there. They're in there on their own, and I love it.
0: Coach Kevin Brodus from Morgan State is in studio with us as they get ready for the start of the season at Arizona on Monday, the home opener next Thursday, against Cheney. Um, coach, I, all right, so this is the selfish portion of the program. I am obsessed with Last Chance U. Like, I have watched all of the football seasons. I watched all the basketball seasons. So when I saw that Christian was on the roster, I was like, wow, that's cool. Did Did you ever watch the show? Did you have connections with the staff out at East L.A.? Or how did Christian end up here?
4: So, I do have connections. I recruited that school before. And plus, we had a kid locally that went to Damatha, And I'm drawing a blank. His dad um, I know very well. Joe Hampton. Joe oh, Hampton. absolutely. Yeah. It
0: was a big part of the show. A
4: big part of the show went there. You know, it piqued my interest. So, one of the coaches, Ken, Ken Hunter, is a friend of mine. And a couple of other coaches, Um so I went out. I was recruiting another kid, actually, and I went out a few times. I went out with a friend of mine, Coach Hobbs. He was uh, assistant then at Rutgers, and a couple of my friends, Coach Baggett at Ryder, and we went out to see, you know, kids, different kids, and I was recruiting another kid. So I asked about this kid. I said, God, a 7-foot kid, you know, because you're always looking at height, you know, it's contradictory what we always say you know you always want height but we always say guards win games so i go out and i see him and they say oh no that kid's going high major he committed to like santa clara out of high school if i remember right Hobbs from Rutgers was out to see him it was a bunch of schools out there oklahoma state it was a bunch of schools they told us, oh, you don't waste your time with him so Went on to the next guy, star recruiting, came out a couple times, went to West L.A. to see some kids play. And we were going to take a kid from West L.A. who ended up going somewhere else in our league. So last year, come near tournament time, the coach asked, could I come out and see him again? I was like, right, no, we're playing, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. So I get a call says, you still need a big. I said, we always could use a big, <laughs> you know. Who you got? You got some new guys? He says, nah, what about the kids you liked in the beginning, Christian Oliver? I was like, he's available? He says, yeah, he's actually available. Fast forward, he's here now. And then when he came on his visit, his mom grew up in Montgomery County. Really? Yeah. So, it's you know, recruiting is a, a weird science, you know. You like to think you control the narrative and control everything. We really don't. And, <laughs> and we've gotten him, and he's been – he played really well in Europe. This summer. He's a little banged up right now, his ankle, but nothing serious. Uh, tough kid. Just got to get him to be more vocal. I, I love what he brings. He, he's a skilled big man, really skilled.
1: That's cool. That's a really cool story. I know – Freshman-wise, usually don't rely too much on freshmen, but it sounds as if Trent Edwards, a kid out of Louisville, is is somebody that could be able to help you where guys. Where you hear right that the- from? <laughs> Man, where you guys hear that from? Got spies
4: everywhere. Well, Trent is taking leaps and bounds. Uh, right now, I plan on starting him the first game out of Arizona, get his feet wet real quick. I mean, 6'9", I mean, he's a pogo stick. Like I told him, Trent, I'm not going to run one play for you. But every ball that goes up against the glass, you go get it, and that's your play. And he's been really good at that. He's good on our press. I mean, I'm very happy with his growth from the day he came to campus to to where we sit today. Now, I always tease him. I say, you have no clue what you're doing out there, nothing. You don't know nothing that you're doing out there. But what you're doing is not wrong. So just keep doing what you're doing.
0: Uh, Speaking, you know, that's someone who's coming in, but – stability right to have a returning starter and I know Patrick told me before in the Miac, there's not a lot of returning starters this year but to have one in Cameron Hobbs how important has that been for you guys making the adjustment into this season
4: you know I think what's going to be good for Cam is playing with a guard like Winston because it takes the pressure off him have to dribble a lot Um, Cam can really make shots and Winston can find the open man and it takes the pressure off him guarding big guards. So now we have Cameron – I mean, uh, Winston and Kyron, two big guards, 6'3 and 6'5, you know, with a guard like Cam that can make shots. It's, um, it's going to be really good. Cam played really well in one of our scrimmages. I can't remember which one it was. Just his effort, you know, because it, it may have been the second one. Yes, it was the second one we scrimmaged because I didn't even start him. And when he came in the game, you know, just what, what the energy, what, what we, what we were hoping he would bring this year being his second year there.
1: Looking at the roster, just kind of sizing it up. It it feels like you guys are deeper than you've been, uh, all over the place. I know there's been times where you've been deep in certain spots, but not, other. do you agree with that?
4: I I do. And. we're deeper now because we haven't had any injuries and that's been our biggest Achilles is the the injuries we've had in the previous years. And hopefully this year we don't have the injuries, but you can't, you, you you have to (coughs) go into it as, okay, you have these guys, but this could happen, you know, and next guy's got to step up. Last year when we lost Malik and uh, um, Khalil, it just devastated our team. So hopefully we don't have that this year and, we go injury-free because a lot of times the guys just injury-free uh, injury at the end of the year are usually the ones who's playing well.
0: Coach, if I could, you, you said something a second ago, that I, and I think it jumped out of people. I think everybody knows your relationship with Mark Turgeon, right, from your time together at the University of Maryland. But when you said you had him in and John Thompson, can, can you take me through, has he been sort of a resource for you now? As he's been out of coaching and doing the TV thing a little bit to to try to help and, and just be I don't know a sounding board or something. Absolutely.
4: Coach Turge has adopted us, if that makes any sense. I mean, he really comes up, you know, I, I, I laugh about it to my guys that said, you know, he's been around Larry Brown so long and Larry Brown did that with him. I watch him when he comes in the gym, hey, he always asks, Can I talk to him about it's your floor? You know, and he takes the floor like um like it's his floor. And the thing I say to him all the time, and he always shoots it down. He's too good of a basketball mind not to be coaching at a young age. I mean, Coach Turgeon is a great basketball mind. I mean, he sees things and I'm like, wow, you think we should, you know, and our coaches say, we've been trying to tell you, but you know, you got to respect a guy that's been a head coach for 25 plus years. And I, I respect and I respect that he gave me an opportunity to come to Maryland when we left Georgetown. I mean, everything he brings to the table helps not only me, I think it helps our other coaches and our and our players as well.
0: That's really interesting, man. Like, is it is, is, is it like a weekly thing? Is it that frequently?
4: No, nah, he comes like once every two weeks. Every okay, ten, That's fifteen sti- days. That's significant. It That's is a lot. And I mean, I hey, the guy is a wealth of knowledge. People forget he coached at Oregon in the NBA. He coached, he was assistant when Allen Iverson with the Sixers, Maryland, Texas A and M. Wichita State, uh Jacksonville State. I mean, the guy's a wealth of knowledge and I I don't think he gets his due that he's he's owed around here because he's a midwesterner, but he's he played, played and people forget about this is Kansas final. in the, yeah, the final, final four. four with him and Danny at, and the Miracles. Yeah, he was one of the miracles. Absolutely. <laughs> so
0: um coach th- for this team to break through and make a run to a Miac title this year? What has to go right for you guys? Injury free.
4: That's been a common
0: refrain today, by the
4: way. Um, The cohesiveness of guys loving to play with each other, sharing the game, sharing the responsibilities on defense. Um, Everything, you know, has to come together at the right time. And the right time is – now, all the way through to April.
0: And then we were just chatting with Pat a second ago, and he mentioned that uh, you, them, UMBC have kind of entered into like almost a little pack to be playing local games. And, and I know it's something that you've always wanted to do, but can you talk me through that thought process and, and what it does for you guys?
4: Well, it's more so for the fans it 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 does nothing for me because these guys a lot of times you're playing against your friends you know guys that you've known for 25 30 years so we're in we're going to play uh Towson this year we we play over at Towson we play UMBC at home this year uh we scrimmage um another local team that's a good friend of mine and um you know, so I, I don't That could mean, be anybody, but. Yeah, but I, you know, and then we play. We play Coppin, who uh, Larry was one of my assistants. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, it's good for, I guess, the basketball enthusiast for the local area. Um, it's a game, you know, and we're going to treat it like it. It's not going to make or break our season when we play these teams.
0: What's uh, what's that relationship like now with Larry? What's the – have have so, you – it, 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 are you trying to be a sounding board for him while also no. remembering? Okay, yeah. No, no, no and I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. It's
4: nothing like that. It's, you know, this is the thing I learned when I took over as a head coach. The head coach takes a back step, take a seat back, and let him be him. Yeah. You know, I, I've talked to Larry literally one time since then. I helped him, like, you know, all get out to, to get the job. I wanted him to get the job. It would have been criminal if he didn't get the job. But now that he's got it, I'm not going to call him and say you should do this, you should do that. No, let he, he's been around long enough. He's played at the highest level in the professional leagues. Uh, he's coached long enough to be able to siffer through. I'm going to do it this way, that way, and you know. Now, <clears throat> when if he needs, you know, and he wants to call, absolutely, I give him, you know, any advice that was given to me before. So I have no problem with that. But I'm not going to call and reach out and be meddling with his program, though. I
0: get it. I completely get it. Again, the season gets underway at Arizona on Monday and then home next Thursday night against Chaney for the first opportunity to get out and see the Bears this season. Coach Kevin Brodus, appreciate it. No, we were, uh, you know, it's a little tricky getting over here. Oh, no, 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 no.
4: Coming around 695 with all the um, construction, much-needed construction. (laughs) So, you know, you get caught in that traffic it's, hey, like I tell my guys, got to be early because being on time is being late. And now I got to go do the punishment for being
8: late.
0: So. <laughs> Coach, thank you for coming in and spending some thanks. time with us this thanks, morning. Thanks, guys. Really thanks for having it. me. Dan Engelstad from Mount St. Mary's will be next up on the hot seat. It's uh, the College Basketball Preview Show,
6: Glenn Clark Radio. why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead,
0: try your hand with the local book, SuperBook Sports this fall. SuperBook Sports is the book next door—just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, SuperBook will give you a bonus of up to two hundred fifty dollars when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code glenclark Clark twenty three G L E N N C L A R K two three. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlenClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler.
13: What's up everyone, it's Tyus Bowser and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next
0: Tyus Bouncer show is Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org.
14: What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and
6: air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of it every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in
9: every Tuesday for PressBox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled,
0: subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here as we continue along the College Basketball Preview issue uh, issue. The College Basketball Preview edition of Glenn Clark Radio, Patrick Stevens is in studio with us. Speaking of College Basketball previews, Ryan, would you uh, hold up or oh, you know what, maybe hand me that print issue of Pressbox if you don't mind. Inside this new print issue of Pressbox, our own Luke Jackson spoke to players from uh, the D1 men's and women's programs around the state and you can find that inside this preview this issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around the state where you find it. You can also read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Next up on the hot seat this morning, he is the head coach out at Mount St. Mary's. It's always a pleasure to welcome back into the program Coach Dan Engelstad, who is now with us. Coach, it's Glenn and Patrick. It's great to chat. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for
14: us yeah go ahead and Pat it. you know I know you said it's always a pleasure it, it always is. I appreciate your time and uh you know this is this call usually means that it's the start of hoop season and and we're here and uh, look forward to um, getting it going here soon. uh
0: coach, if I could, just is there an update at all on Terrell art is there i I know you're probably sick of talking about it at this point, but um do you know anything more about
14: where you're at with that? It's... Yeah, I wish I could give you some answers. you know we're still in a in a waiting find out um situation uh we are hopeful soon uh we've been hopeful for the last couple of weeks but we're just uh preparing um you know with the thought that um he has the chance to play and so we're kind of he's doing a little bit of both right now he's on scout team and he's also getting first team uh first and second team reps right now so um we're in we're a wait and find out still we have not gotten word back from the ncaa
1: Dan wanted to ask a bit about uh, what you guys were able to do last weekend with the uh, ALS research, the Pat game with Bucknell. Uh, just, just what was that experience like, and 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 just you know, fill everybody in a little bit on on just kind of the background of, of how that came to pass.
14: Yeah, so um, you know, I'm gonna start out by saying it was a it was a special day for myself um, to see it kind of come together the way that it did. Uh, the response from Uh, the Bucknell community, as well as our community, you know, and I know Pat was touched. And at the end of the day, that was the hope was to raise his spirits. Um, He watched the game. He was the only one that was able to stream it. We gave him our key motion (laughs) password and and we got to FaceTime with him afterwards. And he was just really touched um, that we did that for him. We wish he could have been here in attendance, uh, but he just had a trach surgery this past week and a successful one from what I've heard, and, um, you know, but to see his smile afterwards uh, was, was big time for both myself and John Griffin. Uh, the game came together because Pat was a very close friend. He is a very close friend of, of mine. Um, he was a teammate of John Griffin's. Uh, we wanted to get the game in our building because of the proximity from where Pat lives and the hopes that he would be there. Um, but the, the awareness that we brought to the game, um, the awareness that we brought to ALS, um, was something that we, I think we achieved, I mean, our video that John and I put out, I think had over 330,000 views. Um, And, you know, I know we we had a really good uh, day in our gym and we fundraised a lot. They were able to sell merchandise and um, we're hoping that it kind of transitioned into this Maryland game. And, you know, I know there's talks of us, um, you know, being able to talk more about that, um, you know, on Tuesday, but Pat's a special friend. Uh, the game was competitive. It was an absolute like wild game. We turned it over 20 plus times. They went one for 26 from three. It wasn't the most beautiful of games, but it was entertaining uh, to the crowd. And, and we ended up pulling it out in double overtime. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think Pat would have been really, um, and I think he was, uh, you know, proud of the effort and the way both teams uh, carried themselves and competed.
0: Uh, I'll take a second here. BeinStrong.com is the website. And uh, on Instagram, just again, at, at Strong is how you can find out more um, about Pat and uh, this fight against ALS and encourage you guys to get out and support that. Um, Coach, just you know, a year ago we talked and so much of our conversation was about making the adjustment to a new league. And I wonder if there was a point during the course of the season last year and how you guys handled yourselves and were competitive in what – most people would say is a jump up in competition. Was there a moment where you said, "Okay, I'm I'm comfortable that we handled this the way that I wanted to, even if it didn't lead to, you know, a championship, which you guys have gotten so used to using uh, or winning over the years out at Mount Saint Marys."
14: Yeah, losing is the worst, right? You know, and we did quite a fair share about of that in January. Um, and, it, you know, it was, there were some dog days there. And it wasn't because of lack of effort The guys trying. We were in every game. You know, the MAC is a physical tough, you better bring it every night league or you're going you're gonna to lose. And it's going to be a one or two possession game a lot of times. And, you know, there's not a lot that separates. We, we ended up, I thought we had a really good team last year when we were fully healthy. And I think anybody can say that. And we just happened to, like, get healthy at the right time last year and I thought we were playing about as good as anybody in the Mac down the stretch. I mean, we won five of our six regular season games and that loss was Tyona and we ended up winning a game against the other hottest team, which was Canisius before we had to, you know, go through Iona last year. And I thought just thought they were a little bit uh, cut above everybody else. And, you know, we, we had them down at our place at halftime. So there was some good momentum, um, you know, but it's a tough league. It's a physical league. It wasn't anything that we fully, you know, didn't expect coming in Um, but now our guys it's not just words right they've seen it we return a lot of seniors that have now been part of that and seen kind of what it takes to come on the other side so we're hopeful that if we can stay healthy and um, you know make some of the adjustments as a staff and and really improve that you know we hopefully can be right there at the end of the year because it is like all college basketball right now there's a lot of brand new you know there's a lot of guys that transferred there's a lot of new faces and so it's a hard league to predict, that's for sure.
1: One of those seniors is Dakota LaFew, a, a guy that uh, obviously took a huge jump last year from a little less than six points a game to 13 a game. And uh, I imagine that that with uh, Jalen Benjamin moving on, that, that you guys are really going to be counting on him a lot in that backcourt.
14: Yeah, we need we, we we need more from Dakota. You know, he did take a jump last year and was kind of a, a second fiddle offensively behind Jalen Benjamin. And now, you know, he's going to be a marked man. You know, he's going to be the top on everybody's scouting report. He's a guy uh, that we've really challenged to improve every facet of his game, but in particular, finishing around the basket. You know, he's very explosive. He's put on weight, um, but we need him at the rim this year, and he has that ability, and I think he's really taken that to heart. And we need him to be able to finish in contact, finish in space, and then, you know, continue to hit pull ups. and, And he shot the ball really well from three, but he's got to understand that that closeout's going to be real this year and um you know just making the right basketball play and opening other guys up um will you know as the game goes on will open him up even more down the stretch but we need dakota um he seems to be ready to ready to roll here and excited to you know start his senior
1: campaign you mentioned those injuries last season as well and i I know one that really proved costly was was losing joshua reeves in november uh, I, I saw he played in the exhibition. I'm, I, I assume he is healthy. How much of an impact do you see him having now that he's back? Yeah, it's nice
14: to have Josh back because he is a guy that can really shoot the basketball and stretch the floor. But more than that, like he is a guy that can be an inspiration to the team. He's got a voice on our team. He's someone that has really taken on leadership role for us this year it goes by fast. You know, Josh was a starter for our NEC championship team. Um, and now, you know, in his senior year, you know, we're expecting big things. I think he's probably a sophomore eligibility wise, but you know, this is year four for Josh and, you know, we're excited to see, um, you know, the growth that he's made as a player. I know he's anxious to get back on the court cause he only got to play, I think in a couple games last year. Um, so for him, he's, uh, He's really chomping at the bit to get back out there and, and compete, and we've seen some really good things from Josh this off season. offseason. Uh, he's looked as explosive as I've seen him in the last couple of weeks and looking forward to seeing him out there and, and flying around.
0: Coach Dan Engelstad from Mount St. Mary's. As he mentioned, the season opens Tuesday at Maryland, and then the home opener will be uh, next Saturday against Coppin State. Coach, I, I I should have brought this up when I brought it up at the beginning, but what, is, what are you getting? Whenever Terrell Art is able to get on the floor, what do you feel like he's going to bring to your team? Obviously, we know he was a, a, a scorer and he was a very high-level player at Presbyterian, but what will he bring to you guys and to the MAC whenever he gets on the floor?
14: Just great depth. I mean, we like our front court um, already, and now you throw another guy that can – Come up with big rebounds and traffic. You know, a, a grown, mature body. Um, he didn't shoot a great at Greater Presbyterian, but we like his skill set and think he can, um, you know, do a little bit more than than he has shown. Um, but he's just a guy that has a smile on his face every day. He brings awesome energy, so he's he's great to be around. But you know, he's somebody as athletically um, as gifted as as we've had. I mean, he's a great finisher, um, plays extremely hard, and you know, he's hungry to win. And I, I think. When you see uh, Terrell out there. You're going to see a, a young man that's um, you know competitive, um, but also you know hungry to to help Mount Saint Marys take another step.
0: The um, the other guy that, that jumped out among the newcomers, I guess you know t- tell me who the newcomers are that we should be aware of. But uh, it, Dallas Hobbs, who ironically comes from Dallas, who who would have thought, um, is he someone that has an opportunity to sort of crack through and be a part of this?
14: Yeah, and that's where this team is really unique. We have all these veterans and then we feel really excited about the freshman class that we brought in. Um you mentioned Dallas. You know, he's gonna be a guy that's gonna impact us early. Um and he's gotta be ready to go. He played for Jermaine O'Neal out in Dallas, as you mentioned. Wow. Um, so he he's, you know, got a good basketball pedigree. Dad's a coach, um, as and a trainer. Uh Montgomery Montgomery's another one from Florida, big time athlete. I mean he had, you know, a highlight dunk to Close out the Bucknell game the other day um, in regulation, but he's a he's a young man that's got 6'10 wingspan, athletic, played at Hargrave Military School, um, who we think can be an impact, instant impact guy who's had some success early on in our scrimmages. So, um, you know, we're we're looking forward to that blend of like some really good youth, and you know, we have really talented young forwards that are figuring it out at this level, and you know, so we're we like the class we brought in, we like the, the guys returning, and we. You know, we hope it equates to a you know a good season, but a lot of it is going to be dependent on how those freshmen develop throughout the year and how they come along. Because you know, for us to hit our ceiling, um, you know, they're going to have to be impact, and we know they're going to go through the ups and downs that all freshmen do. Uh, but our job is to try to get them to grow up in dog years and and ready to go come come conference time.
1: You mentioned the front court a, a little bit ago and I, I know Malik Jefferson had been an anchor there for so long for you guys, but J.D. Cordelia is a guy that uh, took a step forward last year and was really efficient offensively in stretches. Uh, is he basically going to be one, one of your main guys in that front court and, and how much are you counting on him?
14: Yeah, no. J.D.'s got a, the opportunity here to, to really make a name for himself. He's got all the skills and talent. It's just we got to keep that motor on all the time and you know, George Tinsley is kind of that hybrid 4-3 that, you know, another guy, that everyday guy, works his butt off, um, shot the ball really well this summer. We're going to need him to stretch the 4 for us this year from that 4 spot. And, and then we have real great depth with Dola and Franta, guys that have, you know, Franta's played a ton of basketball here. And, you know, Dola, you know, had his kind of came on uh, late last year for us and need him to carry that momentum. So we, we like our front court, you know, some of the guys – uh, haven't had the opportunities yet that I think they'll be able to um, sh- show that they've made some marked improvements. Um, but you know we've got guys that have produced as well.
0: All right, what is it going to take to make a jump up in the? You know, it's you, the quality of the league is 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 nuts, right? Like you mentioned, Iona, and now you know they, they they lose a a heck of a coach, but they bring in obviously a heck of a coach in order to uh, replace him. What does it take to make that take that next step and be ready? To compete a little bit more towards the top of the MAC this season.
14: Yeah, I mean that's our goal, right? We're trying to win this thing now, and I, I, you know, that's our our message to our guys. Time is now, and I think we have as good a chance as any in the league. Just because it's so unknown. I mean, you talk about even the Ionas. I mean, they returned one player that was on the roster from before. So great coaching, you know, and and I have a lot of respect for the coaches in this league, but it's hard to predict because there are not a lot of returning all league guys, right. You know, Ryder got picked at the top of the league because they returned uh, more than anybody else. But because of that unknown, you know, it, it just leads to a wide open conference and um, you know, we, we want to go seize our opportunity now and we believe in our group and believe in our guys and know that, you know, it, the difference between one and 11 wasn't that much last year. And because of college basketball right now, the Perry's there and like what, what is each team going to do, and how do you how do you capture those you know those couple of possession games? Like, are you able to come up with the big rebounds? Are you able to execute, not turn it over? And I think we found a little bit of a recipe late last year, and you know we hope that we can, um, you know, our guys can drive this team and lead this team and 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 take another step.
0: Yes, Coach Dan Engelstad, Again, the season gets underway Tuesday night against Maryland, and then as I mentioned, at home against Coppin next Saturday. Coach, uh, looking forward to seeing you guys throughout the course of the season. You know we'll be in touch. Appreciate you spending the time with us as always. Thanks so much for doing
14: this. Yeah, thank you, Glenn and Pat. Always good, man.
0: Thank you, Coach. Coach Dan Engelstad out at Mount St. Mary's. Appreciate him hopping on with us and spending a minute. Uh, Patrick Stevens, your thumbnails on the last two coaches that we chatted with, uh, Morgan State and Mount Saint
1: Marys. Uh, Morgan State, I think, is going to be impressively deep. Um, you know, we we sort of alluded to it. I know I mentioned it to you before we got on the air. There are of the forty p- t- potential starters who could have been returning in the MEAC, Eight teams, five starters per. Hour, there are only twelve. And five of them are at Delaware State, so it is an entirely new league. And in a, a place like Morgan State, which it, it, it does bring back Will Thomas, it does bring back Cameron Hobbs. They actually have, relatively speaking, a, right, fair, a Morrison, fair a fair yeah. a fair bit back compared to some yeah. of these to some of these teams. Um, if Winston Tabs is good, this is a guy that was averaging 12, 13 points a game at Boston College's freshman year when he got hurt, and he's had a assortment of injuries ever since. He played at East Carolina last year and was never really on track or anything. If he's healthy, he will be one of the best players in the MiAC. The c- big question there is is can, he stay, it, healthy, can, can right? he stay healthy? Um so I I think that's one of the keys there. Uh you know, I think that they've got some depth uh all over the place and I I really really like what they what they've got there. You know, the front court. I don't think we even mentioned Miles Thompson who averaged almost 12 a game at St. Francis, St. Francis PA a couple years ago. Uh, in the front court as a four man. So they they have some guys. Um, can they achieve some sort of consistency and can they stay healthy? Mount St. Mary's a lot of new faces there. I mean they, they do have some continuity. Uh, we mentioned Josh Reeves, we mentioned Dakota LaFew, JD Cordelia. There are guys that, you know, took steps, LaFew and Cordelia in particular took pretty significant steps last year. Can they take another one? And can they get some help from these many newcomers that they have scattered throughout the roster, uh, you know, looking at that, you know, how much are you going to take away from a single exhibition game? You know, Bucknell is a a rebuilding Patriot League team. You know, n- new coach there, um, a roster that that you know probably has a little bit of work to do, uh, and so I don't know if there's much. To take from that, other than you know, you still keep a team to 54 points in regulation, that's pretty good. Like, you would actually expect at this time of year for the defense to not be as far ahead, you're right. Like, you're probably not as quite dialed in. So, I think – I tend to agree with Dan Engelstadt that they could find themselves very it's much – It's funny.
0: You brought up the stat about the Miac and I told you that I saw a stat that of the 15 all-conference players mm-hmm. a year ago, only one mm-hmm. is back this season.
1: And, and he, he was right. Iona has exactly one player back wow. this year. So, you know, you look at the other teams that have – And I apologize.
0: Got... Remind me the name of the coach from um, – Tobin uh, Anderson. Thank you. Yes. To-
1: from Fairley Dickinson yep. took over for Rick Patino. Uh, Fairfield had a coaching change right before, like, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, so when you start looking through, like, there's there are some starters back in that league, but there's not a ton of them. Uh, and there's certainly not a lot of the higher-end guys that are back in the Metro Atlantic. So I, I do think that that's a little bit of a jump ball. I, I would agree that Ryder, uh, Rider because of who they have back, and Iona, because they just have been good year after year, even amid a few different coaches, uh, are probably the teams to beat. But that doesn't mean that there's not room for somebody who just plays really well. And you look up at the end of the day, and they're 13 and seven, and it's like, and that that league tournament has had a habit of being kind of chaotic uh, over the years. So if you can, especially if you can avoid being in the eight nine game, and you don't have to deal with a regular mm-hmm. season champion. Not that somebody hasn't like Iona won one as an eight or a nine seed a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was the COVID season, and it snarled uh, everything. Yeah. Uh, but
0: but then they lost, right, because St. Peter's won. That was the, the, that the was following the year. That was the yeah,
1: following yeah. year. Yeah, and so And St. Peter's was a little further down the pecking order that season. So I would say that uh, they have a chance, but there's obviously a, a number of things that, that have to come together. I, I would expect them to be better. I don't know how much better, but if I'm Mount St. Mary's, I think finishing 500 overall and finishing 500 – in the league, you know, those are benchmarks that you can take in year two as you're continuing to build this thing up. Um, and so, I don't, I'm not saying they'll be satisfied with that, but that would constitute progress for a team uh, that last year I believe was 13 and 20 overall, eight and 12 in the league. But they did, like that, he said, they won five, they won four out of five or five out of six there at the end. I, I,
0: I think, and I know he he won't want to say it, but I would think that going eight and 12 after oh, making a jump absolutely.
1: up. And and I would tell you this too, having You
0: you referenced those teams that came into the CAA that weren't uh-huh. ready.
1: Eight and twelve says
0: you're you're yeah. basically ready, and, and right? Not,
1: and not just that, but you know, they, they lost Josh Reeves early in the right. season. So by the time Thanksgiving rolled around, they already didn't have a complete team. Malik Jefferson missed a bunch of time last season. And so they were playing shorthanded. I can tell you, have it, the great thing about the Metro Atlantic, you know, and you can remember this from the Loyola time. Uh, when Loyola was in like play Friday S- yep. Sunday, you can oh. see them a ton. It was the best. And so, and so, I had the chance to see Mount a lot more last year than I typically than I had in their NEC days. And you could see them, and some of it was getting healthy, and some of it was guys like Lefeu and Cordelia simply getting better. Uh, but the progress that they made from the team they were in December to the team they were at the end. I mean, I was there when they they lost the home game to Iona. They played really well for about thirty or twenty five maybe close to thirty minutes, and then just iona just had dudes right. i mean they they had dudes that didn't belong in that league like they like, <laughs> hey, they hey. like having having seen most of the teams in that league and that was right at the end of the season it's like you guys aren't like the other teams like not not a surprise obviously uh but but you know they they held up reasonably well against that team before iona pulled away late so uh, you know, I, I I was encouraged by what I saw from them with the way that they played down the stretch. Again, some of it was having more dudes, but some of it was you know you could have been you could have felt bad for yourself and could have felt beat up having lost as many games as they had, and they still had a lot of fight to them at the end of the season. And, and I and I think that they have a chance. Like I said, you know, mid a mid pack finish I think this year would would, would constitute progress for them.
0: All right. I know you got to go in a minute. Uh, Hang tight for me for one second. Ryan, can you tell everybody about what's happening at the Live Casino and Hotel? I don't know if your microphone was turned back on, but if it is... Check, check. Very good. Very good. Ryan Schell has been... This is a very difficult show, producing-wise, and Ryan's in here filling in, and I'm like, hey, by the way, this is what I'm throwing on you. I appreciate all your hard work today. What's going on at Live Casino? Hey, you bet.
3: Uh, Was Luck not on your side in your recent bet, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland? We'll get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. Between now and January 4th, 2024, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to get to enter their losing slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 winners will be chosen. Prizes range from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Apparel, uh, Sports and Social Ultimate Happy Hour, and cash and free play prizes up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you, Ryan. Uh,
0: Patrick, you want to p- do a quick round of the game? Do you want to just kick off uh, the season with the... A... Sure. I got a World Series-themed okay. version if you're up for it. Okay. Now, let's. I admit, again, the game is Ken Patrick Stevens' name, the teams that this particular player has played for. It's sort of what kind of... birth. I-, I think we birthed mean it frankly I think that we birthed it with this game we need the residuals from yeah, that right? I've got
1: I've got today's up right now I'd filled in three of them
0: and and they're all sub uh, point four
1: two percent well well how about these names dan schatzetter mike myers and ed vosberg see
0: every time i think to myself this name is too difficult i can't put this on the game for patrick stevens then i see that those are the names that he's playing with on the grid and i say nope we can try it like for example i think this one's difficult but we happen to know he was the general manager of the now world series champion texas rangers he is the pitcher Chris, Chris Young.
1: Young. Pitcher Chris Young. How many teams for Chris Five Young? Five teams. Five teams for Chris Young. Only
0: an All-Star once. Did win a World
1: Series as a player once as well, and was also once the AL Comeback Player of the Year. Okay. AL Comeback Player of the Year was an All-Star once. You know, it's funny because I,
0: I'm, I'm, I, I'm... I'm terrified, too, that you're going to confuse just, it with the outfielder with Chris the, Young. With yeah. the
1: outfielder Chris Young, which is very possible. Um, Admittedly,
0: the four-team one will be much easier
1: than this. Okay. Um uh, let's see Chris Young back then again this is do I remember him in San Diego you sure do okay
0: <laughs> that's the the longest stint
1: of his career okay five seasons. good then, then I'm not gonna swing and miss on this yeah. good um do I remember you know do I remember him with the Phillies very briefly? Not with the Phillies. I no. be- I thought he was with them in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Or I will
0: double check on that. No, I'm not saying right. That he, that played he might for not them. have ever made the. Um he was
1: drafted by like I could more at the end. It might have been that he was in like their Oh, he
0: came back for like a spring training or a something. A spring training
1: or he might have been in their front office for a second. Too. He
3: was drafted by the Pirates.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't have Chris Young with the Phillies, okay. but
1: He he was a Ranger, right? He was of he course was, a Ranger. He was a Ranger. Yes. So that's uh, where he made his major league debut. That, that was that was yes. those were the two teams that I distinctly yep. remember Chris Young with. Uh and honestly now
0: you don't have in fairness, you don't have the team where he won the World Series. Where
1: he won the World Series. Yes. Um his World Series title was he in Boston for a while? Not year? in Boston. Um it is at the end of his career in two
0: thousand Well, if I give you the yeah, year. If he yeah, gave yeah the, right? if
1: you give me the if you gave me the year it it tips yeah. out. Was he in Saint Louis at the end Not or Saint San Francisco? Louis.
0: No yeah, it was remember. okay. So is in Kansas City? That's where he that was. That was the one. Okay. Yep, Kansas City is where he won the World Series at the end of his career. The other since he was Comeback Player of the Year with the Mariners in 2014, and he spent two seasons with the Mets, Mets. as Got well. It. Two seasons with the Mets. So we'll let you clean it up nicely as uh, also a World Series winner. Um, n- maybe not the nicest guy in the world, but uh, now four teams for as Chapman
1: as Chapman, uh, sorry, five teams. Five, team, five, five te- teams. Five te- teams. Yes, because yes. He, yes. He, he 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 padded this now. Yes. So uh, Aroldos Chapman with the Reds, Yankees, Cubs, Royals, and Rangers. There you go. That's the five teams for as Chapman. All right, sir. What's your uh, schedule look like? Well, we're we're gonna win this again. Well, we're talking again we'll Tuesday. Be on, we'll be so, on so, Tuesday. So, yep. so we can only. We'll, oh, li- right. we'll limit so you, it. To, so
0: there's no local game on Monday.
1: Uh, there. I'll be over at George Mason for okay. Tony Skin's debut as the okay. head coach. The guy who played on the 2006 final four team they're taking on Monmouth but the other games locally that night I'm trying to think of who all is playing I mean Loyola's on the road yeah against Florida let this be like the cleanup for who all these teams are playing right. on the opening night right uh, Coppin State is down at Virginia Tech that night UMBC is at Loyola or at Louisville uh, Morgan State is out at Arizona Towson is uh, Towson is at Colorado Navy opens up its season at Campbell next Monday night before they play in the Veterans Classic back at home, uh, and then uh, and then uh, Mount Saint Mary's opens against Maryland next Tuesday. So that kind of covers the the gamut locally as to who all is playing. There weren't there weren't too many options even factoring in the D.C. teams. GW's home against Stone Hill, which yeah. is a D1 team. Howard uh, will presumably raise its Miac Champion banner or banners because they put up regular season and tournament banners. Uh, they have Hampton next Monday
0: night. Ryan, you didn't prepare a tidbit, did you? Oh, you did? Okay. All right. Very good. I'll let you do yours. Pat, you got to run? or? I'm did... um, good. Okay. All right. Very good. We're going to just wrap up the show then. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by uh, Superbook Sports. Again, use the code glennclark 23 when you sign up at Superbook, and you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet, match, win, or lose with Superbook Sports. Again,
3: the code Clark 23
0: all right, Ryan, what you got?
3: All right, my tidbit is obviously I hate that it's baseball.
0: I don't know, Ryan. We got to figure out what's going on with the camera because uh, hopefully you don't have anything up on your phone
3: that anybody wants to see. I'll put it it's off. Right. I'll put it off the side. Uh, I hate that my tidbit is baseball related, even though this was a basketball related show. Uh, but obviously, with um, the with the Texas Rangers winning the World Series last night, uh, Bruce Bruce Bochy becomes the fifth manager to win um, World Series with two uh, two different franchises. Can either of you name the other four?
1: The other four managers to win multi- World Series titles with multiple teams yep. is the question. Well, Tony La Russa did it with Oakland Correct. and with St. Louis. Correct. That's certainly one of them. Do you, um, do you know the years, Patrick? Uh, he won his in Oakland in 89. Correct. And he won in what, 06 and 11, very was good. it, for St. Louis? Very good. going to stay out of the way on this uh. one. just going <laughs> to. Well, uh, Sparky ahead. Anderson, very good. Uh, won uh, the '75 and '76 World Series with the Reds. Very he good. Also won the '84 World Series with the Tigers. Very good. So you said there's two. There's, there's two more. Two more. And these are kind of like these are old timey, aren't yes, they? Yes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I believe I, I think he did this. Was Bucky Harris yes. with the 1924 Washington Nationals and the 1947? Yep. Yankees, is that it? what in the ever path. Very good, Patrick. F.
3: We need to bring him back for the baseball preview what show. What
0: in the world is that? <laughs> Bucky Harris, the 1920s. And he just says it so casually. Like, well, I believe it was the 1920s." You're not a big fan of Bucky Harris? Why don't you Harris, come play trivia with us on Monday nights, Patrick? Well, why,
1: why don't you invite me? Never I would, oh, it's an open invite. Well, now we're
0: in the n- basketball. You never season. invited me before. I promise
1: you it's an open invite. Well, to come they don't play have trivia. me act Mondays every night, That's every true. Monday. All right. All
0: right. Anytime you're available on a Monday. Well, we, we play up here. We play in uh, Timonium. In Timonium? Yeah. I mean,
1: just let me know. All right. All right. I would love to have you come play. <laughs> Although I'd be emasculated at that point because I would no
0: longer be the sports guy on the team. Well,
1: you would be bringing me in to do things like naming, like presidential, presidential years. Well, I could use, type of stuff. yep, I absolutely could use that too. Uh, so one more guy that won World Series with uh, multiple
3: franchises. Um, Would you like the teams? I'll take one team uh the Cincinnati Reds in 1940
1: oh that is um Hutchinson no no it's not Fred Hutchinson it's um gosh so 40 with oh uh, uh, was that was that um
3: would you like the other team sure why not the 1925 Pittsburgh Pirates <laughs> McKechnie yep Bill
1: McKechnie that's it
0: sure Sure. And what about do you know who the other three guys are that have won uh, the World Series MVP twice? Uh,
1: that would be Reggie Jackson, yes. right? Kirk Gibson won it twice. Was it? Was that it? I don't think
0: he won twice. No. Hang on a second. Two Two-time World Series MVP.
1: No. I, I mean, if I thought that was, I thought I saw that on the graphic last night. That 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 it was whatever. Uh, I could be wrong on that um uh, that's right he wouldn't have been the mv he was an mvp who won two different yeah, worlds. On, he was a two-time time world M- series, series champion who also won mvp yes that's what that was so no i'm, I'm bl- was actually never world series mvp he wasn't an 84 no. i don't know who it was, was alcs mvp maybe 84. jack morris was the mvp in 84 yeah. that that sounds about right for for the MVP, or for the World Series anyway. Who who are the other
0: ones? The other two are Sandy Koufax and Bob Gibson Okay, are the other
1: two. to have been uh, World Series? And they MVP probably did that in a span of about five years between the two of them.
0: Probably so. did, yes. No doubt about it. Very nicely done. All right. Uh, good job. Thank you, Ryan. A tubular brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma. To reflect your unique personality and driving habits, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Of course, Titans-Steelers opens up NFL Week 9 at 8.15. Will Levis starting for the Titans. Is Kenny Pickett now going for the Steelers? Is that the word? Kenny Pickett will start for the Steelers. On Prime Video, some college football tonight, TCU-Texas Tech at 7 on FS1. Wake Forest and Duke at 7.30 on ESPN. South Alabama and Troy, 7.30 on ESPN2. Capitals at home against the Islanders at 7 on uh, Monumental. Everything else, you can go to glennclarkradio.com and find it there. All right. Patrick Stevens, thank you so much, sir. It's always good to do this. Thank you so much for having me. I want to make sure we thank uh, the coaches that were able to join us today. Uh, Pat Scarry from Towson, Tavares Hardy from Loyola, Jim Ferry from UMBC, Kevin Brodus from Morgan State, Dan Engelstad from Mount St. Mary's. We'll get all those up in the uh, Greatest Hits section of uh, the Archives tab. And then I think we're going to catch up tomorrow with Larry Stewart from Coppin, and we'll make sure that we get uh, Ed DiCellis from Navy on as well. Ahead of the Veterans Classic next weekend, so those guys will join us too. Uh, busy day, however, on the program tomorrow. Michael Pierce of the Baltimore Ravens will check in with us. We will preview the Seahawks. Uh, former quarterback Brock Huard, of course, now uh, a talk show host out on uh, seven ten in Seattle. He's also doing Maryland Penn State on Saturday, so we'll, I guess, talk to him about that. Although there ain't much to talk about there. Uh, and Bo Smolka, press box Ravens beat right over. We'll Did you see the there. line dropped? I saw that like eight and a half. I don't get it at all, but whatever. All right. Uh, Ryan Shell, thanks to you at Ryan on Twitter. Patrick, of course, at Discourse. D1S Course. Is there anything else we should be plugging? I don't I
1: wanna I want to go ahead and plug uh, the Blue Ribbon Yearbook, um, available at blueribbonyearbook.com. Uh, I had a, Nice hefty contribution. I heard you had a big, big chunk of this year's big, big chunk of that. So uh, previews of more than 350 Division One teams. So this is the time of year for me to 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 do a little bit of plugging
0: on that. Very good, very good. All right, Uh, it's been a fun show. Hey, uh, don't forget Stan and Ross and Rick Dempsey all got together this week. And if you missed that show, Facebook.com/slash PressBox Sports or YouTube.com/slash PressBox Online in order to check it out. All right, that'll do it for this uh, today. We'll see you tomorrow. Normal time again tomorrow back to 10 a.m. This has been the college basketball preview version of Glenn Clark Radio.